One, two, three, lock box. And, you know, if you have money on lock poker, it's probably locked in their box, in their empty box, because it's most likely gone. Welcome to a special edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friend Show. Tonight, at least as of right now, there are no friends. It's just Druff. But that's okay, because I have a lot to say tonight, a lot of subjects to talk about. And if somebody wants to join me on the air... That's great. If not, I've got plenty to say, and I'll take phone calls tonight, too. But before we get to that, we have a $100 free roll. That's right. 100 real dollars. $100 more than you can cash out a lock right now. It'll be on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find at the very top of PokerFraudAlert.com. It's totally free. All you need is an account. 
you don't even need play chips. $100, I will send you it on PayPal, a check, cash, whatever you want, if you end up being one of the winners. All you need is an account on Poker Fraud Alert dated January 1st, 2013 or before, or, or, if you have been listening to this show for at least a few weeks, or been browsing the forum for at least a few weeks, and you want to PM me or email me and tell me what you've enjoyed, what you haven't enjoyed about this show or this site, send me an email, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, or PM me, damn, damn, Dan Space Druff, and tell me what you've been witnessing, listening to on this site for the last few weeks or more, and I'll make an exception for you to qualify for the free money, but you need to do this before you play, If you do it after you play, you won't qualify for the free money this week. Once I give you an exception to qualify, you will qualify forever. You only need to do this once. This is at 8.45 p.m., just six minutes from now. There is no late registration, so hurry up and get over there. $100 thanks to Tiger Piper, who cashed out a Bitcoin and uh, got more than $100 for it. So he donated $100 of that money to this free roll. So thank you, Tiger Piper. Very generous. We've had actually a lot of generous people lately. I decided to uh, make this particular free roll only Tiger Piper's free roll. Next week, we'll be using a lot of the other money we received. So thank you very much to all the people who have donated money to this site for use of the free rolls. This money doesn't go in my pocket. It goes back to the users of the site, and that's the way I want it. I'm not here to make money. I'm just here to inform and entertain. This is more of a hobby for me than a real business. So I'm happy to see the users get it back since the money is coming from the users. And keep in mind, PokerFraudAlert.com has given away more money in our free rolls than any poker forum in the world. Any poker forum, any poker radio show, none of them have given away this much free money in free rolls for a radio show. I shouldn't say any forum, but any radio show. I'm sure some forums that are based around affiliates or whatever have probably had bigger free rolls than what we've had here. But we've given away many thousands of dollars since the site went up in March, primarily since a year ago, May, when this radio show started. I appreciate that. It almost all came from the users, and that starts in four minutes. I'd like to welcome all the new listeners tonight who are here to listen to me talk about Lock Poker and the crisis that's going on there. We will get to that very shortly. And uh, I'll give you a quick rundown of the agenda tonight. If you want to interact with me, there's a few ways to do it. Number one, you can contact me by phone. 775-FRAUD-55. 775-372-8355. Starry 82 beforehand. What is star 82 that makes it so I can see your phone number? If I get unknown calls, it won't even go through. I won't even have to make a decision. You'll just get like a busy signal. So if you want to get through, make sure to show your caller ID with star 82 or some other way. Or if you want to call the Mount Charleston phone. I have a phone, an old 70s phone that sits on top of Mount Charleston as the snow melts. And it rings and then it forwards itself over here to wherever I am. Whatever secret location I'm currently sitting in. It will forward over to me. From the Mount Charleston phone, 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808 is that phone number. And please be patient if you call in and I don't answer. That doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you. Well, it might. 
but it also might mean I'm in the middle of talking about something that I want to finish. So I'll try to pause every so often and give a chance for people to call in. But what if you're shy? What if you're afraid to speak on the radio? Even though this is only internet radio. What if you're afraid? What if you prefer to converse with me in written form? You can do that too. There's a live chat room. If you go to PokerFraudAlert.com and click on chat, you do need an account on PokerFraudAlert. But you can chat there and I will try to follow the chat room as much as I can. And when I say that, it's because I'm doing everything on this show. I'm running the show from a technical standpoint. I'm the only host. And there's a lot I have to do at once. I'm trying to read the chat room too. But you can put your comments in the chat room and I'll try to catch them as much as I can. So you can do that too if you want to communicate with me. If you're listening in the archives, and yes, that's pronounced archives intentionally, I'm not an idiot, then I guess you can't interact with me, but you can always send me an email and comment that way. So I'm sorry this show's starting so late tonight. Uh, This was already delayed by two days. Then it was supposed to start at 7 o'clock tonight Pacific Time. Then I announced earlier today I would not be able to make 7 and delayed it to 7.45. Then I deleted it to 8.30, and then I started about 5 minutes later than that. So we started about 8.35 Pacific. For those of you on the East Coast, or especially in Europe, or elsewhere in the world, I'm sure it's extremely late where you are, and I appreciate those of you that are able to stay up and listen to this. But if you can't, hey, I understand there's always the archives that you can catch, and I get this up very quickly after the show is completed. I am in a secret location tonight that I've never broadcasted the show from before, so if there's any technical difficulties, please bear with me. But I will make sure the show stays on the air, even if it cuts out. But so far, so good. Uh, sometimes I have to count on uh, the internet of wherever I am, and you know it's always hit and miss, but tonight it looks like a hit, so I think we'll be good. Someone asking in the chat room, am I broadcasting at Locke's headquarters? <laughs> I wish, then I would uh, put down the microphone and uh, try to crack open their file cabinet and look at their books. Anyway, let me give you the agenda tonight. Free roll starting in one minute, by the way. The big story, of course, is lock poker. I know I've talked about them just about every week on this show, but this is the biggest week for lock poker as far as poker fraud is concerned. It's come to a head over there. There's a crisis going on at Lock Poker. A crisis for the players, a crisis for the owners, a crisis for the pros, a crisis for the, a crisis for the shills and affiliates, of which there are plenty. I'm going to talk about everything going on. Some of it you probably heard in previous weeks, a lot of it you haven't heard about yet. It's a very, very crazy and, may I say, stupid situation. And I'm going to go over the whole thing. If this bores you, tonight is really not the show for you because there's going to be a lot of time spent on the lock poker issue. That's because this is called PokerFraudAlert.com. And why have I become so interested in lock poker? Some of you might wonder. Did they rip me off for a lot of money? Did they do something bad to me? No. Lock poker has actually never done anything bad to me directly, except for slow paying me once about four years ago, but it was a small amount of money and I eventually got paid. That's not why I'm after lock poker. I'll tell you why I'm after lock poker. And that is because I am sick and tired of people and companies taking advantage of the poker community. I'm sick and tired of our community being stolen from. It pisses me off because it is so hard to make it as a poker pro. There's so many 
things you've got to be up against for you to succeed in the long term. You have to overcome bad luck and variance. You have to overcome your own emotions and your own tilt. And everybody has some degree of emotion and tilt that bleeds into their game no matter who they are. You have to overcome the other players getting better and better as they get more experienced. You have to overcome factors in the economy. You have to overcome the Department of Justice shutting down poker sites. There's so many things you have to overcome as a professional poker player to support yourself in this game. You have to overcome the temptation to engage in negative EV forms of gambling, like sports betting or whatever. You have to overcome the desire to sit at games that may be too big for your bankroll or too tough for your skill level. A lot of things go into becoming a successful poker pro that are not about skill. Skill is just one of many factors to becoming a successful poker pro. And what pisses me off is we have people that overcome all of that and are doing well and are supporting themselves and are you know, using poker to support their families. And you have these scumbags at these online poker sites primarily, not all of them, but some of them. We've already had some in the past and we have one in the present for sure that are stealing from people that are just outright stealing people's money. Their hard-earned money, these people, they overcome so many odds to be a winning poker pro, and then they don't get the money because they get stolen from them by scumbags. And that's why it pisses me off. I was a victim of this with Absolute Poker. I was a victim of this with Ultimate Bet. I went through it myself. I went through all the lies. I went through all the stalling. I went through all the cover-ups. And I never got complete satisfaction nor did anybody who was a victim of the Absolute Poker or UB scandals. Of course, I was a victim of Full Tilt, too. Fortunately, I didn't have that much money on there, but there's others who've had six and seven figures stuck on there. There's been so much stealing from our community. I've just had enough. And when I see another poker site going down that road, when I see another poker site stealing from our community and doing so in blatant and obvious fashion, I have to call them out. I don't care if it affects me personally. I have to call them out. Now, some of you might wonder, do I have some sort of secret affiliate deal with the competition of lock poker? No. Will I gain in any way, shape, or form by bashing lock poker? No. Do I think my site's going to blow up huge because I'm at the forefront of bashing lock poker and people are going to come here and I'll make all kinds of money? No. Go look at this site. You don't see any ads. Listen to this radio show. I don't have one ad. The only ad on this entire site is a stupid Amazon banner at the very bottom. And by the way, if you do want to buy on Amazon, click that banner first because I get like somewhere between 2 and 6% of whatever your purchase is. And that'll help me pay the bills of this site so it doesn't lose money every month, which it does. But that's the only banner on this whole site. And the only thing I get is 2 to 6% of whatever people buy. And believe me, that makes very little money for me overall. Though I appreciate every person who clicks on that banner, and you get the exact same prices on Amazon. To you, it's the same thing. And I don't see your name, so if you're going to buy embarrassing things, like you're going to go buy uh, dildos or whatever on Amazon, uh, I won't see it. I'll see what you purchased, but I won't see who you are. So you can feel safe to click. I will not get any of your personal information, because that's not how their program works. But anyway, that's my only banner here. So I'm never expecting this site to make money. I'm not doing this for selfish reasons at all. 
You have to believe me on this. I'm doing this because it pisses me off because I'm seeing history repeat itself. Enough is enough. We have to stop the stealing from our community. We have to stand up to the sites that do this and shout their name from the mountaintops, not take no for an answer, make them own up to what they've done, and if they won't, spread the word. And that's what's going on with Lock Poker right now. That's why I am so involved right now, only because I'm tired of the stealing. So let me tell you what's going on here. Someone says in the chat room, anger is pouring through. You're right. Anger is pouring through. I am angry. I am angry because this has to stop. It's probably not going to, but this has to stop. It reminds me of salmon swimming upstream. And they they overcome tremendous odds to go back to the stream where they were born so they can spawn. And they swim upstream and they put out so much effort and just when they're almost there, there's bears right there to grab them and eat them. After everything they've done, they get grabbed by the bears and eaten up and all their effort is for naught. All the odds they overcame don't matter anymore. Well, these online poker sites are the bears eating us, the fish. I I hate to use that term because the successful pros are anything but fish, but you know what I mean. Anyway, let me tell you guys what's going on here about lock poker, where it all stands right now. Some new news today, both news that I uncovered and uh, just some general news about lock poker. I mean, there's so much going on here, it's, it's even hard to know where to begin. I should start by saying that I'm at the center of the player fight against lock poker and all their recent shenanigans with cash-out cancellations, lies, information blackouts, expensive trips to Portugal on the player's dime. I'm at the center of the fight against that right now. If you're reading the 2 plus 2 forums where uh, I was banned for five years, through no fault of my own, by the way, and I really mean that. But I was banned for five years from 2 plus 2. Fortunately, Mason Malmuth and I came to an understanding, thanks to some mods who enabled that to happen. And I returned to 2 plus 2, and just in time. So I'm back on 2 plus 2 under the name Kilowatt. K-I-L-O-W-A-T-T. You can search my post there. And uh, I have been leading the charge there, among a few others, against Lock Poker. Now, I'm not the one who started the recent complaints against them. Those were started by players who were victimized, but I was just so outraged by what I saw. Uh, Basically, here's what happened. Uh, This dates back to late April. Uh, People reported that their cash-outs were getting canceled. These were people who had been waiting for up to four months to get their cash-outs off lock. And these are not U.S. players that are accustomed to long waits for checks and other forms of cash-outs. These were non-U.S. players who, on all other sites, get their payments within hours or days, never weeks or months. So these were people waiting three or four months already who were non-U.S. players. They were cashing out the maximum, $10,000, that the most lock allows to be cashed out at once. And they suddenly got emails 
telling them that their cash outs have been canceled. By the way, this is not the new information, obviously, but I have to set up the story for those of you that uh, are new to this whole thing. But don't worry, I'm not going to spend too much time on discussing the past. I'm going to try to speed it up to talk about the present. This is the email that one of the users got, one of the players who cashed out 10K, a very dedicated grinder on there who raked an untold sum of money on uh, Unlock. Hello. Your withdrawal has been rejected due to our strict policy of not allowing the withdrawal of transferred funds. A player is only allowed to transfer funds if they are being sent with the sole intent of the receiver using them to play. The only exceptions ever made are with a true staking account or affiliate earnings. This is reviewed on a case-by-case basis. The decision is final. Best, Joseph Stone. I'll get to this Joseph Stone person in a little bit, but... Can you imagine getting this email? And keep in mind, this is not someone who received a transfer and just hit the cash out button. This was someone who received a a transfer ages ago, played a ton on the site. I mean, a ton. Cashed out their winnings. And they got this BS email after three months of waiting. After their cash out had been approved, they're waiting three months to get it and they get this crap. Guess what? We are processing your cash out. For the last three months, we've done nothing and now we're canceling it. That's basically what they were getting, and and over something the person didn't do. He played with a transfer. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. So just in case some of you think that might have been an error, a bunch of other people in a very similar situation, people who who had been grinding on lock poker, people who had played a ton of hands, both in the past and the present, some of whom had received transfers in the past, some of whom had never received any transfers, all got the same Stupid email. Your 10K cash out has been rejected. It's because you got a transfer and uh, you're not allowed to withdraw that until you play, basically. You know, that, that email I just read you. But it got worse. As people complained in the thread that they were not doing what Lock Poker was accusing them of doing and their cash out should not have been canceled, uh, more things started to come out. Namely, that uh, first it was said, well, you need to have a one-to-one playthrough requirement, meaning you have to play, you have to bet the amount of money you're cashing out. So if you're cashing out 10K, you need to place at least 10K worth of uh, bets at the poker table, which if you're a high-limit player doesn't take that long. But these players said, hey, I did this many times over. But then it came out that the problem is you can't cash out any transfer you ever receive. So let's say you receive $5,000 in a transfer from someone. Let's say you're in the Commerce Casino. You see a guy you know plays on lock all the time. You want to start playing on lock, or you, you, you busted your lock account. You want to reload. And you say to the dude in Commerce, hey, I know you play on there. You have a lot of chips, right? And the guy goes, yeah. Okay, yeah. Can I buy 5K from you? Oh, sure. So you hand him $5,000 cash. He transfers 5K to you. You start playing. You play a whole lot of hands, and you run up your bankroll from 5K to 25K on there. Then you go cash out for 10, the maximum. You wait three months, it gets canceled. Well, when the smoke clears, you're told that that original 5K you received, you can't cash that out. And, and not to say your, tra- your, your cash out, your 10K cash out has been reinstated. It still hasn't. But it hasn't been reinstated, and they're telling you that your original 5K that you got transferred to you can't be cashed out. So what do you do? 
I mean, that 5K becomes worthless. You paid 5,000 real dollars to lock poker, or not to lock poker, to you. you paid 5,000 real dollars to that guy who sent it to you to receive lock poker chips, and now you can't do anything with that 5,000 except play with it? You can never cash it out? So for three weeks, and this occurred in April, for three weeks, that was the policy. I mean, there were some conflicting reports from certain lock pros and, and that idiot Shane, who was the 2 plus 2 lock rep, but every time you emailed support or security at Lock Poker for the last three weeks, you got the same answer that transferred money can never be cashed out. So your only choice is to send it back to that person and somehow goad them into selling it back to you. Or I guess buying it back from you is what I mean. So if the guy that you bought the 5000 from on Lock Poker, if he is gone or won't buy it back from you, you're stuck. The 5000 is worthless. It's like play money almost. Keep in mind, nobody was informed beforehand about this. So for three weeks, that was the policy. As you can imagine, this caused an amazing amount of panic on 2 plus 2. Justified panic. Because adding this along with everything else that's been going on at Lock Poker lately, the conclusion was Lock Poker is broke, and this is just a stalling tactic so they don't have to pay anyone. The fact that the cash-outs for non-U.S. players have been taking four months since late 2012. It should be instantaneous almost. There's no reason for it to take that amount of time. If you're in the U.S., you're used to the slow cash-outs, but that's only because the payment processors in the U.S. need to lay low. They need to fly under the radar. So they can only process a very limited number of checks per month. So what happens is you request a U.S. cash-out on any poker site... Uh, you get to the back of the line and uh, the the payment processor, they process fairly slowly because they can't send out a, a batch of 100,000 checks because that'll get the Department of Justice's attention and they'll get busted. So they, they have to send relatively few checks and that's why you have to wait a while till you move up slowly through the line. That makes sense for U.S. players because the financial transactions in relation to online poker that, that's illegal in the United States, and the processors are breaking the law big time, so they've got to fly under the radar. It makes sense why you're in a long line for that. But for the rest of the world, it's not the same thing. You can cash out, like, instantaneously, because there's nothing illegal going on. They don't have to resort to these shady processors. They can just take money and ship it to one of various e-wallets you have, whether it's Skrill or, uh, or, or Western Union or, or send you a check even. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to cash out if you're a non-U.S. player, it's completely legal. Department of Justice is not going to get involved in that. And uh, they don't have to hide behind shady processors to do it. And that's why every other site, including ones that take both U.S. and non-U.S. players, such as uh, you know Bodog slash Bovada, such as uh, Merge, they cash players out from the non-U.S., you know, from people outside the United States very quickly. For some reason, Locke was taking four months to do this. So you add that up with the canceled cash-outs that were not getting rectified for three-plus weeks. You add up the fact that Locke has been segregating their cash games. They're, they're separating good players from bad players, not letting them play each other. They're separating themselves from the rest of the Revolution Network, so you can't play players on other skins unless you're really at low limits. They separated their tournaments, so you won't be playing the tournaments against players on other skins. And, you know, this is presumably because Locke does not want to have to owe money to the other skins on the network if their players do better than Locke. 
you know, for example, in a tournament, if it has 500 people, and uh, you know, let's say the lock players, when you add up all the buy-ins and 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 subtract the uh, the winnings, uh, the lock players end up being net losers. In this example, and maybe the players on other skins end up being net winners. Then the way these skins get paid is lock would owe the money over to these other skins because overall the lock players lost and the other skins players won. So Locke has to ship that money over to the other skins to pay those players who won. And Locke is expected to do that pretty much immediately, right? at least once a month. And uh, if that adds up and Locke doesn't make the payment, then the other the skins go under and, and it's very bad publicity for Locke. So it's better for Locke if they keep it all in-house, if they keep all the winnings in-house, so all they have to do is stall their own players instead of stalling the other skins on the network who might make a big deal out of it and might actually go under and blame Locke. So... All these things together added up to the assumption and the very logical assumption that Locke is broke and that uh, Locke is stalling as much as possible to collect, collect as many deposits as possible without paying anyone out. So after a few months of collecting deposits, that they'll have a little bit of cash to cash people out and hope that nobody realizes they're broke. So they were just kind of delaying people as much as possible while they collect some money through cash-out, or it's not through cash-out, through deposits. Now, some of you might say, hey, what's wrong with that? If this is the way they have to get back on their feet, if they're, if they're broke at the moment and they need to uh, get some deposits in there to become healthy again, and then if they can process cash-outs again the way they were before, and if they can do it more quickly than they were before, and, and everybody's cash-out goes out okay, what's, what's wrong with it? Well, if the money's not there, it's been stolen. It doesn't matter if the cash-outs are being processed properly, which right now they're not, and they haven't been since late 2012. But if they don't have every penny in a bank account that is listed that the users have on their site, they have stolen that money. That's exactly what Full Tilt did. Full Tilt was processing people's cash-outs very well after Black Friday. But in reality, Full Tilt had about 2% of all the money that was shown on the site that existed. So Full Tail was showing like you know, $300 million of money on their site uh, belonging to the players. In reality, they had about $6 million. And th- that's awful, obviously. So uh, the problem here is if money is not there that is supposed to be there, if the player money that's shown on the site is not really in existence and they just have barely enough to cash out, then they've stolen the rest of the money. And if you deposit believing that your money is safe, if you deposit believing that your money is available to you anytime, but in reality they're taking your money and giving it to someone else instead of putting it in a bank somewhere, then they are robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's stealing. It's a scam. It's tricking people into depositing under false pretenses. And that should not be allowed. And I don't care if, if it gives them a chance to get back on their feet. They just can't do it that way. That's stealing from the new players to pay the old players. You just can't steal from anyone. And if you get yourself in that predicament, then you just have to say, okay, I'm sorry, we're broke, and we got to shut down. Or, hey, does anyone want to buy us here and maybe bail us out of it? But, but don't just continue collecting money under false pretenses. And that's what I'm, I'm sure that's what they've been doing. So anyway, I've talked about all that before. So what's going on since then? Uh, let me give you a, uh, a little rundown on some things that have been happening. 
So, um, since then, there's been a lot of controversy. Uh, first of all, Lock Pros, they have a lot of pros on the site. Uh, they have been under a lot of pressure, mostly through Twitter, people tweeting at them, people also hassling the ones that post at 2 plus 2, wherever they post, trying to get their attention. Uh, the Lock Poker Pros are under a lot of uh, scrutiny, and they're, they're being criticized big time for continuing to support Lock Poker, for not quitting given the situation. Because, you know, now Lock's not giving anyone any answers here. They, they, they're not saying, uh, hey, here's the true situation. Hey, we're going to let uh, a third-party company audit our books and prove the money's really there. They're not giving any answers, and that's the worst part of this whole thing, is that they are dead silent about everything. I mean, they've, they've given a few ridiculous excuses to explain this whole thing, but they don't add up, and then when people ask the tough questions about their BS excuses, they, they turn into ghosts and disappear. Uh, they won't explain all these things that are going on over there. They won't explain why three weeks passed and they didn't... Uh, reinstate the cash-outs of the people who had them falsely canceled. Uh, They won't explain this whole thing they're claiming has been occurring, this whole scandal they claim is occurring on their site where affiliates are buying up lock money cheaply and then cashing it out rapidly, and this is creating a cash-out backlog. It's this whole story they invented so so they can explain why the non-U.S. cash-outs are so slow. But they don't provide any proof that this is happening. They just expect you to trust them and believe this preposterous story as the reason that it's taking four months for non-U.S. cash-outs, and, and also as the reason that why they're canceling cash-outs of totally innocent players who haven't done a damn thing wrong. They don't explain why it takes three weeks or more to clear these players who's had their, ca- their cash-outs canceled when it literally takes about five minutes to examine an account and see if it's involved in any kind of scheme or scam or, or cash-out trick. And they don't explain how these players could have possibly been guilty if it requires an affiliate account to do these quick cash-outs and these mass cash-outs they're talking about. If the, if the players who have had their cash-outs canceled are not affiliate accounts, how, how could they even be guilty? <laughs> it doesn't make sense, because Locke, Locke's story has been that uh, affiliates who have priority to cash-out, which shouldn't even be true anyway, I mean, affiliates shouldn't have any more priority to cash out than the players. That, that's saying, hey, you know, if you get us new business affiliates, you get to cash out quickly, but screw the players. Screw the people who actually make us money. Screw the people who actually pay rake. They get to wait in the back of the line all the time, and, and affiliates get to have cuts in front of you. But putting that aside, they're claiming the affiliates abused that and bought up lock money cheaply, like 50 cents in the dollar or less, and then quickly cashed out using their affiliate priority cash out status at full value. And they claim that's what created the whole cash-out backlog. But they don't provide any evidence of this. And they don't explain if they're canceling people's cash-outs, these long-time grinders, for being part of this whole thing, allegedly. How could they have been part of it if they weren't affiliates? It doesn't make sense. So they don't explain that either. Uh, They wouldn't explain the cash-out policy regarding transfers for three weeks. You would get this ridiculous email from support about transferred money can't be cashed out, and they wouldn't explain further. They finally made a statement about it today, but it took over three weeks. In the meantime, the site's burning to the ground. Everyone is in a panic. The traffic is falling off a cliff there. Nobody trusts them anymore. The, the lock pros are taking abuse, and rightfully so, for staying on board. 
Four of the lock poker pros have already jumped ship and left, including two high-profile lock poker pros. So all this, when if they had the money, and if they had a clear transfer cash-out policy, why would they let this happen for three weeks? Why would they let their own business burn to the ground amidst all this controversy if they weren't doing anything wrong? If they could just come out there and clear it up. If they could just tell their, like, five customer service reps. And that's all they really have over there, like, five customer service reps answering emails. Why couldn't they tell them the policy three weeks ago to communicate properly? Why couldn't they send out a rep like that Shane guy to clarify that policy for sure and then make sure the customer service reps tell the right story? Why didn't the CEO come out and make a statement with the whole business spinning down the toilet? Why would they let their whole business collapse like this with this controversy if they're not doing anything wrong, if this is all just a, just a mistake, this is all just a, a miscommunication? Because it's not. Because they don't have the money, they don't have the answers. One thing you can't ever do is invent money where it does not exist. If you owe people a lot of money, whether you're an individual or a company, and people come knocking for that money, you can make some excuses, but if they don't believe your excuses, and if they take apart your excuses and show that they don't make sense then you still don't have the money. And there's only so much you can keep telling them until they realize you're full of shit, until they realize you just don't have the money, and until they realize that no matter what you tell them, they're not going to believe you until you give them the truth or give them the money. Now, Locke can't give the truth because if they admit they're broke, then they're done. Then no one's going to deposit there. Their only hope of getting healthy again is people depositing to Lock Poker who don't realize the situation, or who might trust their BS explanations and get enough deposits to where they can start cashing people out again and then give the illusion like they've had the money the whole time and then hope over time they get enough deposits and they make enough money to where they'll eventually refill the coffers and eventually have the money again to where this does not reoccur. But in the meantime, guess whose money they're gambling with? Yours. Because if it doesn't work out, and you've deposited there, you're never going to get your money. In fact, everyone may never get their money that currently has money on lock poker. My opinion is, I think, in a few weeks or maybe sooner, they're going to pay people as a, like a token payment uh, just to show they have money when they really don't. Kind of like the guy who uh, owes you $10,000 who shows up uh, flashing a bunch of hundreds and hands you 500 and says, hey, you know, I'll give you the rest later. And in reality, that's his whole bankroll. So uh, it's possible Locke will pay people uh, a little bit sometime in the near future, but if they don't have every penny that was deposited to their site, then they've stolen from the players. There's no two ways about it. Now, the pros have taken a real beating, as I said. Uh, Certain pros have just refused to respond to it. A lot of them have just uh, ignored the situation, like Annette Oberstadt, Annette 15, who actually went to an EPT televised table recently and wore a freaking lock poker patch at the table despite all this happening. She won't comment at all on this whole thing. So if you're if you're an Annette 15 fanboy, if you're uh, if you admire Annette for basically running up uh, a $50 free roll or whatever she did into the massive bankroll she has and all the tournament success she has at such a young age, don't admire her anymore because she was not only wearing a full tilt patch long after their problems were disclosed at last year's World Series, but now she's wearing lock poker patches 
at uh, the EPT. And I'll tell you something. If I see her this year wearing a lock poker patch at the World Series, I am going to say something to her. Last year she was at my table, and uh, you know everyone was really getting along with her, and everyone was laughing with her. And I, I, I got moved to the table. I was the new guy there. I didn't have the biggest chip stack. I was trying to concentrate on uh, you know, making a comeback there. And I just, I wasn't in the mood to start trouble, especially, you know, the, the big, bad 40-year-old man starting trouble with a little girl there. I just, I, I just was afraid it wouldn't go over well, even if my point was correct. But you know what? Screw it. If I see Annette or anybody else wearing a lock patch at this World Series, I'm going to give them the business. I, I'm not going to just let this go. I'm going to let everyone at the table know what patch they're wearing, what it represents, what that company's been doing to the community, and how this person knows that and wears the patch anyway out of greed. I'm going to let people at the table know that. And, and I'm hoping everybody else listening to this broadcast does the same if you're at the World Series and see this. But uh, some pros have actually spoken out. And it's amazing. You know, I, I always wonder about people who are members of cults, how they're brainwashed into believing whatever the cult leader tells them, no matter how stupid or ridiculous or self-defeating this information is, they, they repeat it like they really believe it. And this is apparently happening in a way at Lock Poker. You would not believe the ridiculous crap that's being spouted on the 2 plus 2 forums by various Lock Pros who have chosen to respond to this. I, I'm talking about uh, Brian Pellegrino, a.k.a. Primordial AA. I'm talking about Matt Stout. I, I'm talking about, to some degree, Melanie Wisner, who uh, I, I wrote a message to and she got really angry at me, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, these pros are definitely taking a beating. And uh, really their public image is going down the toilet because they are not just refusing to quit lock poker, but they are defending lock poker with the company lines. And it's pretty outrageous. They're, they're all pretty much saying the same thing. They're all saying that the, uh, the canceled cash outs are done because these are people who are money laundering, that the cancellations were done to prevent money laundering. That's also why this, uh, this stupid transfer policy was in place. Money laundering, they say. And, and because people were abusing the transfers and the cash outs. They have no information that this is actually happening, but they're repeating the stupidity in the face of everything else that we're telling them that would disprove all of this. Uh, they, they refuse to talk about this Portugal retreat. This Portugal retreat is unbelievable. Uh, every year... Lock Poker's CEO, Jennifer Larson, has a very expensive retreat where she like rents out an entire castle in Europe and, and uh, hires expensive entertainment, uh, arranges expensive events like archery and a moat. And uh, they're called life-changing retreats, where you're supposed to go there, and it's such an amazing, lavish retreat. It's something that you will remember for the rest of your life as an experience that... Uh, you'll probably never duplicate, or at least till next year when Locke has it again. As you can imagine, these cost a fortune for Locke to have. Locke had them in previous years, but they had one just at the end of April in 2013 while all this crap's going on. They can't pay anyone. And they're having this expensive retreat, renting out castles, hiring expensive uh, dance acts from the UK. And uh, all the Locke pros and everybody else in attendance there was told not to reveal that they are doing this, not to say that they're in Portugal, not to say they're at the lock retreat, not to post anything 
about what they're doing. No matter how exciting and life-changing it is, you can't post about it, was the edict that came down from CEO Jennifer Larson. Sorry, you just can't talk about this before, during, or after because it's going to look really bad because we're not paying anyone. Now, she didn't put it that way, like, hey, we're stealing people's money. Hey, this we're partying on player money. She gave them some bullshit story about how they're going to pay within three or four weeks once they get this uh, this backlog cleared up with the cash outs that occurred because of these uh, people abusing the cash outs and the transfers. That once they get past all that in early June, people will start getting money again. So don't worry. And in the meantime, come party with us here in Portugal. It is expensive retreat. And these players, these pros, they, they, I mean, they went there. They went, they partied on the player's dime. They convinced themselves that Jennifer was telling the truth. And they, they are keeping to their word about not talking about Portugal. It's amazing. Like, you have these pros out there making 100 posts in the 2 plus 2 thread defending Locke, and people keep asking, what about Portugal? And they just won't answer that question. You ask any of them, what about Portugal? They will not answer you. They won't even answer you to say, I can't answer you. They just won't answer. So if they have nothing to be ashamed of here, why are they hiding the Portugal trip? I don't think the Portugal trip is what bankrupted Locke. Obviously, it's not that expensive. It was very expensive. It's something you don't do when, when your site's in the toilet and when you can't pay anyone, both uh, for reasons of conserving every penny and symbolically. You just don't go party on the last bits of player money when your site is in the red like that, when you've already stolen all the player money. You, you don't take the very last bit of it and continue partying on it and then hope to fix everything later. But none of them will talk about Portugal. The excuse I've heard from a few is, oh, well, you know, we couldn't have people showing up to this, crashing the party. Well, the party's over. They still won't talk about it. What are they worried? Someone's going to get in uh, Marty McFly's DeLorean and, and go back to late April and join the, the castle party? Why can't they talk about it now if there's nothing to hide? Why can't they tell us about their sweet trip in Portugal if it's all over? What could possibly be the reason for uh, for continuing to hide this, even though everyone knows about it? Why, why won't anyone give details of this Portugal trip? The truth is because they know that they are partying on player money. Some of the players, some of the, the pros there don't believe it. Some of them believe that they were really uh, partying on uh, Locke's profits. But they were partying on player money. They were having their life-changing event. At the same time, the players were having a life-ruining event of not being paid. And that's what's important to understand here. Forget all my rhetoric right now. Forget all my anger right now. Forget about what's right and wrong. Think about the players who are not getting their money. Think of the players that have been waiting four months to get their money. I'm not talking about 50 bucks, though you should be getting that too if you cash out. But players expecting 10K. Players who can't make the rent. Players who can't support their families. Players who can't make their car payments. Because money they were expecting did not come in. And while all this happens, while these players suffer, while these players struggle, because they don't get the money that is rightfully theirs, that has been stolen by Locke, Locke is having a sweet, life-changing retreat for Locke-sponsored pros only. They don't even cancel it. They don't even say, hey, given the circumstances, we can't have this party. It would be nice, but we can't. This year it's canceled. If we do better next year, we'll have it again. No. So, let me read you some posts here. 
from the uh, the two plus two thread. Regarding first, I'm going to read uh, regarding <laughs> uh, regarding Portugal. To find this here. Um, Shane, who the, the two plus two rep, who's now the former two plus two rep. By the way, they've been kicked off two plus two. Their their ads have finally been kicked off two plus two. I'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, let's see if I can find uh, Shane's comment here. You know, I should have had this ready beforehand, but I was in such a rush to get on the on the air on t- not on time, but late on time. Let's see here. Not there. Well, basically, I I guess I can't quote it because I don't have it in front of me, and I apologize for that. But uh, what Shane said was. You know, when I asked about this trip, he said, I need to work on my sources. He admires my effort, but I need to work on my sources. That was his response to my question about the Portugal trip. Well, it turned out that uh, I was right, of course, and they were really having this Portugal trip, which is, of course, uh, not the main issue in this whole thing, but it's it's just uh, a microcosm of what's going on. But uh, Shane actually returned later on, and uh, and I asked him, "What happened? Why, why did you lie about that? Uh, the Portugal trip? Why did you say I need to work on my sources when what I said was totally correct?" I asked him that. Here was his response, and this is really the way Lock Poker has been acting. He said, "I was careful not to lie. Your information was factually incorrect." I didn't deny that any LOC team members were in Portugal. I was under a media blackout and was unable to confirm it and merely pointed out that your information wasn't factual. Can you believe this? So I say there's a retreat going on in Portugal and that uh, it started four days ago and that it's very expensive. That's all I said. And I asked Shane, is this true? He told me I need to work on my sources and that it's not factual. Then when it turned out I was right, and I asked, hey, Shane, why do you lie? He says, I was careful not to lie. Listen to that line again. I was careful not to lie. If you're an honest person, you have to be careful not to lie. Why do you have to be careful not to lie? You just you just tell the truth. Then you don't have to be careful of anything. Someone asks you a question, just honestly give them an answer. Then you have to be careful about what you say. I was careful not to lie, which means uh, he lies so much he had to be careful this time not to do it. Your information was factually incorrect, though he won't explain how it's factually incorrect, and it wasn't. I didn't deny any LOC team members were in Portugal. So he's saying, well, you know, you you got some facts wrong, and and I didn't deny it was true, but I I just said you had some facts wrong, is basically what he's saying. I, I was under a media blackout and unable to confirm it and merely pointed out that your information wasn't factual. So what he probably means by that is when I said it began four days ago, it really began five days ago. When I said it was expensive, it was really super expensive. When I said it's still going on, maybe it ended yesterday. That's probably what he meant by my information wasn't factual. <laughs> but, but you know, everything I posted was pretty much right on. They're having a, a very expensive retreat in Portugal. 
that the players were told not to say anything. And even he admits, he said, I was under a media blackout. Okay, that means, Shane, you're not supposed to say anything. That I posted that too. Supposedly that's not factual either, even though he admitted it. I mean, this just shows you what type of people are representing Locke. This is their 2 plus 2 rep. This guy's been answering all the questions for everybody in a very condescending and arrogant fashion for the last year or so. But this is what he says, I was careful not to lie? That's their 2 plus 2 rep? And then uh, talks about how he was under a media blackhead and was unable to confirm it and just pointed out my information wasn't factual? (laughs) This is who they have representing their site? This is who you're supposed to trust? Anyway, there was a lot of protest about Locke on 2 plus 2 because Locke had these big ads on the top and the side of 2 plus 2. And uh, when you'd be anywhere on 2 plus 2 pretty much, you'd see these giant ads that were very enticing, showing pictures of nice cars and all these other uh, enticing language and pictures to try to get you to click on those banners and deposit to Locke Poker. And people were saying, hey, take those down, 2 plus 2. Why are you leaving these ads up when two, when when Locke's not paying anyone? They're canceling people's cash outs. They're not giving answers. They could reinstate these unfairly ca- canceled cash outs in five minutes. They're not doing it in a period of three weeks. They're not telling anyone why, except giving these phony stories about uh, transfer abuse. So why are you still advertising them, 2 plus 2? Stop being so greedy. So apparently Mason Malmuth was on vacation when this was all going on, but when he got back, uh, he finally addressed the situation. And basically they gave a an ultimatum to Locke. This came from uh, David Skolansky's son, Matt. Matt Skolansky gave an ultimatum to Locke that they have to either resolve things to the player's satisfaction and very soon, or 2 plus 2 is going to take their ads down. Well, Locke stalled for a few days, and then finally had a conversation. I don't know who talked to them, but someone had a phone conversation with Matt Skolansky and said, well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, We'll voluntarily take our ads down, so go ahead and take them down. And in the meantime, we're going to appoint a new rep to 2 plus 2 who will replace Shane, and this guy will clear everything up. This guy will make everything right. This guy will explain everything. Once once this guy is done talking, everyone's going to say, oh, okay, I get it now. Everyone will trust Locke again, and it'll all be good, and then you can put our ads back up. So Matt Skolansky is like, well, okay, <laughs> if you can get that done, sure. So uh, it was announced that Shane was uh, no longer the 2 plus 2 rep, but the rep for Locke Poker didn't immediately show up. Well, finally he showed up. Finally, the lock poker rep showed up on May 4th. And he posted under the name Lock Poker Official. All one word, all lowercase. This is what he wrote. Hi. He said, uh, hi. Just started with, my name is Joseph, and I've worked with Lock for several years. I work in the security and fraud side of things. And remember that statement. I work in the security and fraud side of things. Does that sound kind of weird, right? It's kind of awkward language. I'll get to why that's significant shortly. Over the past few months, it has become very clear that another voice is needed to support Shane, as well as providing all of you with official statements from Locke. We wanted to address some of the issues that have been brought up recently, as there seems to be a real mix of false statements, half-truths, and legitimate player concerns. 
One of the steps recently taken has been to crack down on accounts abusing player transfers to bulk withdraw funds with absolutely no play on the accounts. Now, again, you can't bulk withdraw on a site that uh, barely lets you withdraw anyway. Only if you have an affiliate account you can do this, and they don't explain how regular players are caught up in this, but never mind. Let me continue. Our security team is reviewing every case in detail to ensure that the withdrawals of winnings by players are not affected. Locke has always had the policy in place to restrict withdrawals on transferred funds, but this is now being enforced much more aggressively due to some severe player abuse. Doesn't describe who did it. Doesn't give evidence it's happening. Doesn't even explain how there can be abuse of these transfers if, if there's severe limits on cash outs anyway. But, but somehow there's player abuse. There has also been some misinformation regarding Locke losing funds in Cyprus accounts. And Cyprus was misspelled uh, C-Y-P-R-E-S-S instead of C-Y-P-R-U-S. And uh, by the way, this is referring to a rumor that I floated out there. I got a source telling me that Locke lost a lot of the player funds when they deposited in a uh, Cyprus bank, and they lost it during the uh, Cyprus banking crisis this year. So uh, Locke has been trying very hard to convince people that it didn't happen. I don't know for sure it happened, but that's a, a source gave me that information. So this is the statement regarding that. Uh, this is completely fabricated. Remember the, that term also, completely fabricated. This is completely fabricated and false. Locke has never held any accounts in Cyprus banks. Locke is dedicated to reducing cash-out times. We understand the, important of quick re- the importance of quick re- withdrawals and are focused on improving the experience of cashing out your account. Based on some of the recent findings and implementation of policies, you will see things greatly improve over the next three weeks. Joseph. That's the great statement from Joseph that's going to clear everything up, which is pretty much saying exactly the same crap that Shane has been handing people for months now. He didn't say anything new. He didn't say anything that solves the problem. It's, It's just the same BS company line about these player transfer abuses that aren't really occurring. Uh, Denial of the Cyprus bank thing without any kind of proof that the money's even there at all, anywhere. And and just a a claim they're going to reduce cash-out times without explaining how they're going to do it and without explaining what really happened here and without explaining why three weeks passed without them re-enabling the cash-outs of the people who were uh, unfairly having their cash-outs canceled, or why they could never communicate a, uh, a transfer policy, a transfer cash-out policy, why they would go three weeks with uh, letting everyone panic over it and letting everyone get really pissed and letting lock pros quit over it without just stating a simple cash-out policy regarding transfers. He didn't explain that either. So, at first, I thought this was such a ridiculous statement that it had to be a gimmick account. I thought there was some clever guy who made this account, just some person who made an account named Lock Poker Official, just to get people pissed off. <laughs> but it wasn't. The funny thing is, Lock is so shady. They're a combination of like shady and incompetent, to where you have to consider even something that appears to be a level and a troll job is actually real with Lock. That's a sad thing. Nothing is too ridiculous to come from Lock Poker. Well, it was revealed by one of the mods on 2 Plus 2 that the account was registered in, guess where, Portugal. And it was registered, you know, while that trip was still going on, by the way. So, at least it appeared to be a real lock account. Uh, lock representative, that is. And, but the account was registered in Portugal, but then the post came from Germany. Well, guess where Shane lives? 
Shane himself lives in the Berlin area of Germany. If you go to Shane's LinkedIn, and uh, you can find this by Googling Shane Bridges Lock Poker and look for his LinkedIn account. It's publicly accessible. His name is Shane Graham Bridges, listed as Director of Social Media at Lock Poker, Berlin area, Germany. Uh, it also lists his uh, past jobs of Director of Affiliate Marketing for Lock Poker from April 2011 to March 2013, at which point he became the Director of Social Media. Uh, then he also worked at Merge as a business development manager for about two years. And then before that, he was an affiliate manager for PDC Affiliates for about two years. And, and before that, he, he worked uh, from December till November uh, from 05 to 07 at Carbon Poker as a media and merchandise manager. So this guy's been around primarily in the affiliate world, this, this Shane guy. But anyway, he's in Germany. And as far as everybody knows, there is no other person in Germany that works for Lock Poker, that Shane's the only one, because they're, they're not based out of Germany. They don't have offices in Germany. Shane just happens to be there. So uh, this Joseph, who posted definitely from Germany, people are suspecting, hey, I wonder if that's Shane. Well, someone scrutinized the posts further and noticed that Joseph here misspelled Cypress in the way I described, C-Y-P-R-E-S-S, and so did Shane. Joseph said in his statement, this is completely fabricated and false. Shane, just about a week beforehand, said, when I discovered the story posted here that everyone was supporting was completely fabricated, blah, blah, blah. And here's the most incriminating part. Joseph said, I work in the security and fraud side of things. Shane said at one point, and of course, I brought up segregation and passed on everyone's comments from here. And she said, from our side of things, we are seeing great numbers on our KPIs. Side of things. You ever use the term side of things? You ever heard that before? I mean, I guess it's said occasionally, but it, it's not a common phrase. Side of things. It's kind of a, a non-standard form of language. So we have Cyprus misspelled the exact same way. We have completely fabricated used by both of them within a week's period of time. And the term side of things used within a week period of time. This is how they catch criminals who write anonymous notes, like bomb threats. A lot. This is how they caught uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, when his brother recognized his writing style. His brother recognized certain phrases that Ted Kaczynski only used. His brother recognized it by reading some old writings that... Uh, Ted had uh, left around the house from years ago. Everybody has a distinct writing style. For those of you that follow the forum here, sometimes someone will make a duplicate account for you know to screw with people, and, and people try to guess who's the duplicate account here, who's really behind that account. And usually people guess it pretty quickly because everyone has their own specific writing style. I have my specific writing style. You have yours. It's hard to do a lot of writing without your writing style coming through like a fingerprint. So while this is not direct proof, it's pretty strong evidence here, in my opinion. And the Germany thing, too. Well, Joseph didn't stick around. As soon as people called out Joseph for, number one, not saying anything useful, and number two, probably being Shane, Joseph never posted again. This was uh, the person who's supposed to come over and uh, clear up everything for 2 plus 2. It was promised to Matt Skolansky. Uh, Joseph made one post and and bolted. Never posted again. Uh, Finally, after people made a big deal over this. Shane came back, but claimed he's only here 
in a support fashion, <laughs> and, and he will only answer specific questions about specific accounts, not about policy, which is kind of ridiculous because all all the uh, accounts, all the account questions are related to policy. So uh, that was the end of Joseph. That was another uh, attempt to pull over the wool over everybody's eyes. And let me tell you what I think happened with Joseph here. Uh, now, if you notice. Uh, one of the emails I read, the original email that uh, this guy got when his ca- his cash out was canceled, uh, was from a Joseph Stone. That sounds like a fake name if I've ever heard one. A lot of times at these customer service centers or, or companies that you know they they let the same reps use a few different names. They never use their real name, but they they adopt a few customer service names, and uh, and those are the names they use. Sometimes they have one customer service name, sometimes they have a few. So it's very possible that Joseph Stone has been Shane all this time. And uh, that's just the name you know, he responds to through the, uh, the lock support email. And then on 2 plus 2, he's Shane, his real name. But it's either the same person or it was uh, Shane writing this for Joseph, whoever that is, to copy and paste up there, but it's highly unlikely this wasn't written by Shane in some way. And since it came out of Ber- you know, the Berlin area of Germany, which is like where Shane is located, I have to say it's highly likely that it, this was Shane. But it doesn't matter. Joseph is gone. And Locke won't explain that either. They won't explain why the, the rep who came to, to solve all the problems, why the, the savior lasted one post before leaving. So... Uh, there really isn't a 2 plus 2 rep at the moment. Uh, there are 2 plus 2, and they've given up on the whole thing with getting their 2 plus 2 ads back, and I'll tell you why. It's not that the ads weren't performing well. They were performing great. They were, they were leading a lot of lambs to the slaughter because 2 plus 2 is a huge site. It's the biggest poker forum in the world, and there's a lot of casual browsers there who, who don't bother to read all this drama and don't realize what's going on in lock and just see those pretty banners and click on them. So they're very disappointed to lose their 2 plus 2 banners, especially when Locke needs new deposits so badly. So, why are they not trying harder to get them back? Well, it's because of the requirement that's put on them. They have to satisfy everything to the player's satisfaction. They, They have to get everything solved. They have to make the players happy. They can't make the players happy by lying because there's enough smart people on 2 plus 2 to see through the lies and poke holes in them. So the only way the players will be happy is if they have the truth and if the truth ends up not being that lock poker is broke. So given that lock poker is broke, they can't tell the truth. And when they lie, everyone sees that they're lying and jumps all over them. So there's no way out. They're drawing dead. They are completely drawing dead. If they tell the truth, they're screwed. If they lie, they're screwed. They won't get their ads back either way. So what do you do? What do you do if you're luck? What do you do if your poker site is broke? If you've stolen all the player money? And I'll tell you where I think it went, by the way. I'll tell you that in a second. But if you've stolen all the player money, and the players want to cash out, you don't have the money to cash them out. They want answers. You can't give them answers they'll believe because whenever you try to lie, they catch it. What do you do? You can't just keep lying because they're going to just get angrier. You can't cash them out because you don't have the money to cash them out. You can't tell the truth. Hey, we spent your money. Sorry we stole all your money, but uh, please deposit again. You can't do that. So what's your only choice? Your only choice is to say as little as possible 
put out the message through some third parties like the pros that everyone just needs to wait and it'll all be good in a few weeks and then sit there tight and hope to God you get enough cash outs to be able to or hope to God you get enough deposits to cash out everybody who has an immediate cash out waiting just sit there and hope hey if we don't pay anyone maybe we can afford in about three weeks time to start paying people because the less money going out, the more money comes in, the more that equates to temporary profits that we can then shoot back out and make it appear like everything's okay again. That's the only way out of this one for lock poker. And that's exactly what they're doing. Think about it. If you are broke, if you're lock poker and you're broke, what do you do? Think about it. Just put yourself in that spot. You're Jennifer Larson. Your poker site's broke. You've spent all the player money. The players have gotten wise to it. They're demanding their cash outs. What do you do? They're not believing your lies. What do you do? What is your only option? Exactly what they're doing right now. That is the only way they can get out of this. And that's what they're doing. Now, who's defending Locke? Do they have any defenders? Because they, you know, everyone's really angry on 2 Plus 2. The, I'll tell you that I, I've had a lot of internet arguments in my day. I've had a lot of times where I'm arguing a point where the majority is against me, and it's very tough. But I've never had so many people on my side when I'm arguing something. I mean, it's like shooting fish in a barrel arguing these things because uh, everyone knows I'm right. Everyone knows Locke is shady. Everyone knows Locke is likely broke. Everyone knows Locke has been screwing the players. Everyone knows that Locke is not communicating with anyone because they're afraid to tell the truth. Because the truth is very harsh. Because the truth is that they stole. Uh, All the points I'm making are very obvious and very... uh, easy to show that I'm the one in the right. When I say I'm in the right, I mean about uh, what my, st- my statements are right. But who's defending Locke? Who am I arguing with? Not the fellow players. Uh, pretty much almost 100% of the players on 2 Plus 2 on Locke agree with my point of view here. So who are the only people arguing back? Who are the people speaking in Locke's favor? Well, we have the Locke affiliates. We have the lock pros. And uh, that's pretty much it. Everybody speaking in Locke's favor has something to gain by continuing to sell this lie that lock poker is okay. Lock pros don't want to quit because they won't get whatever they were being paid, whether it's some super sweet rakeback deal of like 130%, which some of them are getting whether it's a monthly salary like the grinder is getting, like a net 15 is getting. And the affiliates, of course, they, they get paid when they recommend players, not recommend, but when people click the banners to sign up on lock on their sites, and then they get a piece of whatever the players end up breaking. So in order to keep bringing new players over there and make money, they have to make it appear that lock is okay because nobody's going to want to click those banners and sign up to lock and deposit if they think the site's broke and has stolen all the money. So, of course, they have to defend Locke if they want to keep making money off Locke. So, we have the Locke affiliates defending them, and we have the Locke pros defending them. And it's amazing. They all come with the exact same story. Players are abusing the transfers and the cash outs. There's money laundering going on. No no evidence is given. Just we're supposed to believe this. And none of them even say they've seen the evidence. They just say they've been told this and it's true. 
the, the, the cash out policy is very similar to that of poker stars we keep hearing. No, it's not. It's, it's, it couldn't be more different. Poker stars lets you cash out every penny that's ever transferred to you, provided that you play a little bit on the money. You can't just get a giant transfer and cash the whole thing out on stars, but provided you get the transfer and you play a reasonable amount of poker with it, then you can cash out the whole thing, winnings and the transfer. Uh, they never confiscate that from you, ever. They, they don't ever complain that uh, you're manipulating the system with how you're selling money on 2 plus 2. They don't give a shit on poker stars. They, all they care is that if you get a transfer, that you actually use the money to play on the site, and if you appear to be doing that, they let you take it. That's it. That's their policy. That's every other site's policy. Lock. Uh, <laughs> for three weeks, their policy was, if you got a transfer, you can't cash it out. This came from their own security reps, not once, but probably about 100 times when people emailed them. So, you kept hearing over the last few weeks that, uh, from the, the pros, that this is a reasonable policy. It, it's necessary to prevent money laundering. Uh, why haven't they cashed out the rest of the world players? The excuse from the lock pros, which again came from Jennifer Larson, is that uh, they have to hide their money really, really carefully. And, well, there's two reasons. I've heard two stories. Story number one is that uh, there's a backlog of cash outs because of these these affiliates that are over-cashing out from all the money they bought up from people. That's story number one. So, so they've reached their, uh, their cash-out limits with Skrill and, and other forms of cashing out. Uh, story number two is that they have to use these shady payment processors for all payments because they have all their money stored together of the player money, and if the Department of Justice gets wind of it, they'll take everything because some of that is U.S. player money, and as far as the Department of Justice is concerned, they're just going to seize everything. So therefore, unlike Poker Stars, which doesn't serve U.S. players uh, and the U.S. isn't going to come after them, they have to hide their money. And when they hide it, they have to use shady processors as a middleman so their money isn't found. So that's why it's slow. That's why it's just like the U.S. even for non-U.S. players. They have to use the same pro- processor for all of them because of the situation that they're serving both U.S. and non-U.S. players. That's a dumb story here that they're giving. The reason the story is so dumb is that, uh, number one, they don't have to use the same account for both U.S. and non-U.S. players. They could store them in in totally different places. Uh, When the U.S. does seize money, all they want to do is see if it's uh, money that profits from the site. If it turns out it's player money, they release it, and they allow the sites to to pay that out. Uh, PokerStars paid players like 10 days after Black Friday. Uh, Everyone got their net teller money back when that was all seized. But but it's most ridiculous because uh, all the other sites... That, that handle both U.S. and non-U.S. players like Merge, they, they somehow get the non-U.S. cash-outs done quickly. They somehow don't have this problem. Somehow Bovada and Bodog, they don't have this problem either. Only Locke does. Locke can't explain why they don't just uh, separate the accounts, the U.S. accounts, the non-U.S. accounts, and, and pay the non-U.S. players from the non-U.S. bank account. And this way, if the U.S. ever went after it, they could just say, hey, look, we can prove where this money's been going. It's all been going to, to Skrill in the Western Union of, uh, of European players. So, hey, release it. You, you just grab the money that uh, we're legally cashing out to people, people outside the U.S. So, so this is outrageous. This is just an excuse. 
but but they, they keep pedaling out there. They, 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 they the lock pros just keep putting that out there. So all the pros are saying the same crap, and you it's like you feel like banging your head against the wall talking to them because you take apart their arguments, and they just come back with the same BS. They they act like they didn't read what you told them. They just repeat the same crap to you over and over. So they say, hey, you know, we're we're uh, the reason people's cash outs have been canceled is because uh, of this uh, transfer abuse going on and the money laundering uh, through the affiliates. You go, but wait a minute, these people never got transfers and they're not affiliates. Well, uh, um, uh, they may have been involved anyway. Uh, it, it's uh, there's just money laundering happening. There, there's money laundering and, uh, and and abuse. That's why. Like that's what you get back. Like there's there's no sense from them. And the reason there's no sense is because they can't admit the truth. They're, they're lying to themselves, in fact. Some of these are not bad people. Some of these are just broke poker pros who count on the money they make from Locke to stay in action. And if they admit that Locke is stealing player money, if they admit that Locke is broke, and yet they're still tweeting out promotions for Locke to try to get new players there, then these players have to realize to themselves that they are aiding and abetting thieves, that they're helping Locke steal money from new players. And nobody, except for people who are complete pieces of crap, want to admit that that's what they're doing. So it's a lot easier to believe the story that's being told to them by Jennifer, no matter how preposterous, so they can go to sleep at night and say, oh, Jennifer's going to make it all okay in three weeks. These are just stupid uh, rumors and speculations being said by paranoid people on the Internet. But no, everything's going to be fine. And it's the fault of, of money launderers and transfer abusers, and it'll all be fine in four weeks. You just wait, everybody. And, and now I can feel comfortable having a lock banner on my personal website, and I can feel comfortable sending people to lock poker to deposit because I, I think everything's fine. Je- Jennifer told me. She looked, at, she looked me in the eye and told me. Someone actually posted that. I think that was uh, Brian Pellegrino posted that. Lock pro uh, Brian Pellegrino said <laughs> Jennifer looked him in the eye in Portugal there. And uh, she didn't say in Portugal, but that's what he's referring to. And told him it'll all be okay. Take any calls. I haven't really looked at the chat room. But I'll take some calls here if you want to talk about this. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, Make sure to show your caller ID. Uh, Let me find the uh, press release in the meantime. Lock Poker put out a press release today. Very uh, cringeworthy press release. That uh, finally answered this. Here it is. Lock Poker clarifies player-to-player transfer withdrawal policy. And it says Curacao, May 9th, 2013. So they make sure to put where they're uh, stating this from because of the Cyprus rumor. They want to make sure they don't put Cyprus, May 9th, 2013. But they they have a connection to Cyprus, and I'll, I'll give that to you in a second. This is the press release. Mind you, it's uh, three weeks too late. Through a detailed investigation 
Over the past few weeks, the Locke security team uncovered a large group of persons that were abusing the player-to-player transfer policy and creating a large network of mule accounts <laughs> mule accounts to move and withdraw funds without any play at all taking place. To deal with this situation, a policy change was put into place to clear out the backlog of withdrawals by accounts with little to no play and increase the speed of withdrawals for players taking actual winnings. But wait a minute. Then why were people's cash-outs canceled who were playing a ton on the site? And how come when people responded, hey, I've been playing my ass off here for the last few months? Like, like... How come they didn't immediately get their cash outs reinstated? How come three weeks passed and nothing was done? If all they're trying to do is prevent the people who uh, want to withdraw without playing. This uh, press release, of course, doesn't answer that. Locke has introduced a new cash out policy for transferred funds, which require a player to accumulate at least 15% in GGR on the funds received via a player-to-player transfer before these funds are cashed out. Now, this shows you how idiotic this press release is. What the hell is a GGR? How's the average player supposed to know what that is? So then they, they kind of try to explain it. They don't say GGR is the following. They just say, put simply, for every $100 of transferred funds to be withdrawn, $15 of rake or fees will need to be accumulated beforehand. Now, you know, this was really the policy, fine. If that was the policy the whole way, or or if they, they decide to introduce this policy for all future transfers, that's fine. That's reasonable. But but they took three weeks to come out with this. In the meantime, they canceled everybody's tra- uh, cash outs retroactively, once it had been in the queue for three months. They never explained about this large group of people abusing it, if it could only be done by affiliates. How come regular players were affected? That, that this press release doesn't answer that either. We're just supposed to forget about that part of it. Forget about that major inconsistency. Anyway, moving on here. This is the rest of the press release. The policy change was put in place explicitly to put an end to money laundering via Locks player transfers. Players withdrawing winnings were not affected. Lock will continue to process withdrawals and work to reduce all withdrawal delays over the coming weeks. So there we go with the coming weeks thing. They're going to they're gonna try to push through a few cash outs and uh, make everyone believe this was all for naught. That this is... Uh, all panic over nothing. Don't be fooled. Remember, full tilt, with 2% of all the player funds on hand, was cashing people out a lot faster. And they were just about broke, too. The press release finishes with, A large amount of misinformation has been spread recently on various poker news sites and forum postings about player funds being lost in recent banking scandals. None of this is true. That's kind of a shout-out to me because I was the one posting about that stuff. So thank you, Locke, for uh, acknowledging my existence. I, I've really made it now in this world. Now that I have been... I wasn't named, but uh, my post was addressed in one sentence <laughs> on the Locke Poker official news press release. So thank you, Locke. When my son grows up, I'm going to show him how much an effect I had on the world. That uh, my posts were answered in press releases. If anybody wants to call in, by the way, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. I'm getting actually a Lock Pro. I won't name the person, but a Lock Pro is actually Skyping me right right as I speak. That's why I was hesitating a little bit. I don't know if they're listening to me right now. But uh, I'm getting Skyped by a Lock Pro right now. 
<laughs> By the way, uh, invitation to any lock pros who want to speak to me. I, I won't deny that I, I really think lock poker is super shady and has stolen everyone's money. I won't deny that I think that the owner of lock poker should be in prison. And not, not for the reasons of offering illegal online gambling. I mean, that's... I don't care about that, but uh, stealing all the money, treating the players so poorly, and uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, partying on player money. I won't deny all that, but you know what? If you want to talk to me and tell me anything, you could do it confidentially. I will never out you. I won't secretly capture our conversation and post it even if I don't respect what you're doing or don't respect your decisions, even if I'm uh, frustrated with you personally, I'm not going to post anything that you tell me in confidence. I do not bite the informational hand that feeds me. So if you ask me not to say anything, I won't. If you ask me not to attribute it to you when I say something, I won't. I've already uh, had three different inside sources. I haven't named any of them. I've been careful not to name them. I won't name them. Because that's the only way you get inside sources is when you keep their trust. And in general, I keep everyone's trust. You know, if someone trusts me with something, I keep my word. Whether I like them or dislike them, I keep my word. So yeah, you know, I could be an asshole and trick a lock poker pro into telling me things that they think they're telling me in confidence. They go, aha, well, since you're not quitting lock poker, I'm going to post this anyway. Ha ha ha. I'm sure some people would cheer me if I did that, but you know, I, I, it'd be a, a crappy thing to do. That's not what I'm about. I keep my word. So if you're a lock pro and want to talk to me, go ahead and do it. It's not gonna it's not gonna backfire on you, I promise. Uh, you know, as far as the lock pros who are quitting, let me, let me uh, touch on that before I get to the Cypress stuff. There's really so much to talk about this week about lock. It's like overwhelming. I'm like my mind's like exploding with different things I want to talk about with this, and I'm I, I hope I'm not jumping all over the place. I hope I'm being clear especially to people who aren't all that familiar with the whole story. But we've had four pros that quit this week from Lock Poker. Uh, two of them are major pros. Two of them are pros I've never heard of. Them. Props to Chris Mormon. Props to Paul Vopel. Neither of them bashed Lock on the way out. Both of them uh, pretty much said, like, thanks for the opportunity. I hope you solve your problems, blah, blah, blah. Fine. You know, if they, if they want to quit, say they can't continue, then the message gets out. People understand why they're quitting. People know it's because they're embarrassed to associate themselves with lock. People know that they don't want to continue pushing people to deposit on lock when it's not safe there. People know that they're very unhappy with the way lock has treated its players, with the way they've communicated with their players, with the way they're lying to their players. And that these players probably believe, you know, the, the pros, that is, probably believe that Locke is broke. And they don't want to have people follow them over there and get their money stuck. So when they quit, it speaks very loudly to the public, even when they don't say it. So Chris Mormon may say, oh, thank you for the opportunity. I uh, hope you get it all worked out. That, that's outwardly saying the polite thing. But in reality, he's saying, Locke, you're shady as hell. I'm getting the hell out of here. 
I, I don't want to recommend a single additional person. I don't want anyone to think I'm associated with this. I don't want a single person to sign up for Lock and deposit believing that I support the site and that I trust the site. I don't want anyone to ever put a cent onto Lock anymore because they trust and like me. Because I think their money will get lost and stolen. And that's what they're saying without saying it by quitting Chris Mormon and Paul Volpe. And I admire them for that. It's a lot easier to just sit there and regurgitate company lines and collect a paycheck or, or try to free roll that Locke will somehow right the ship or at least right the ship enough to where people stop being really pissed off about it to where the whole story dies down. It's a lot easier to just sit and wait and hope it all ends up okay. And if it doesn't, well, you have another three or four weeks of people who are depositing on lock and losing their money, having it stolen out from under them. As long as you're representing lock right now, right now, today, right this moment, someone could be depositing onto lock right now because of you, Lock Pro. They might be reading your Twitter. They might be looking at your website. They might look at the lock website and see that you represent that site and say, hey, I like this person cool, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to put money on. And they're going to get it stolen, very likely. And it'll be your fault. At least partially your fault, because you led them there. By quitting, by standing up and saying, I'm not part of this site anymore, even if you don't publicly denounce them, you've done the right thing. Two other lesser-known pros have also left Locke. Andre Diaz and Justin Cook. I have no idea who these guys are, but they have disappeared from the Lock Pro page. Neither has made a statement about it, to my knowledge. But fine. They don't have to make a statement. You know, in a perfect world, these pros will not only quit, but uh, drop a huge statement out there about everything that really happened in Portugal, uh, what they're really suspecting, how shady they think Lock is. I mean, if this came from a Lock Pro, it would be huge. But I, I understand this isn't a perfect world. I understand some people are scared about getting sued, blah, blah, blah. I understand that some people don't want to create a whole controversy about this. and They, they don't want to be the face of opposition against lock poker. Fine, let me be the face of opposition. You just quit. I'll do the talking. By the way, uh, there's been some talk about contracts. These pros are under contract. They are. So wouldn't them quitting be considered breach of contract? Could lock sue them? No. Let me give you an example. It's an illegal contract, and I'll give you an example. Let's say I meet Juan Valdez from Colombia on the street. And Juan Valdez says, hey man, you need money? I say, yeah, I can always use money. And Juan tells me to wear a shirt, walk around the ghetto, that Juan Valdez sells cocaine. And uh, obviously this wouldn't really happen. Nobody would walk around with this shirt advertising a drug dealer, but just say, for argument's sake, that uh, Juan gave me this weird deal. And I agreed. And Juan was serious. He's really selling cocaine in the ghetto, and I'm supposed to walk around with a shirt advertising this. Even if I sign a contract to do this for the next year, and I go through about a month of doing this, and I feel uncomfortable, and I say, you know what, I, I don't want to advertise Juan Valdez selling uh, cocaine anymore. It's, uh, you know, it's illegal. Uh, I can get in trouble for it. I feel it's immoral. I, I don't want to continue. And I say to Juan, I'm sorry. I can't continue this. He can tell me, yeah, I have a, you have a contract. He could threaten to sue me. But he could not be successful in such a lawsuit because you cannot be under contract to perform illegal acts 
or give material support to illegal enterprises. And that's what these lock pros are doing. Now, they're not going to go to jail for, for wearing a lock patch or, uh, or, or tweeting out about lock tournaments. They're not going to go to jail for that. But uh, at the same time, they are advertising an illegal gambling service. And by doing that, provided that they return the money that they are being paid to advertise in the future. So you can't just take Locke's money to, to promote them for the next year and then not do it. Then they could technically sue you, even though there'd be huge jurisdictional problems. But uh, you know, there, you would be expected to give back the money. But that's it. They couldn't sue you for breach of contract. So you can just terminate at any time. You could say, okay, Locke, you know, whatever you've paid me up till now, I've done the promoting, but I'm done. Don't pay me anything further, and I'm leaving. They can't sue you because it's an illegal contract. Just like a, an illegal gambling hall in, in you know somebody's basement, you hire blackjack dealers there. Uh, of course, without a gaming license. If the blackjack dealers have a contract with you to deal for the next two months and they quit after a day, you can't sue them for breach of contract. The only thing you can get is your money back that you paid them uh, for the work they haven't done yet. So you can walk away from your contract at any time. Furthermore, Locke's never going to sue you because number one, there's a huge jurisdictional issue because you're in the U.S. and they're not. They have no presence in the U.S. for obvious reasons. Uh, and, and number two, they're not going to take a chance by coming to the U.S. and getting arrested because they're, they're providing illegal gambling services right now to U.S. players. And while I don't care about that part of it, I think that part's fine, uh, they will still go to jail for it. So they're not going to come in to sue you. They're not going to go sue some some broke or semi-broke 25-year-old to you know because he quit representing Locke and then risk going to jail. But a lawsuit like that would never be successful. And don't take my word for it. Go to a lawyer. If you're a Locke pro, go to a lawyer right now and ask them, explain the whole situation, explain both that Locke is an illegal gambling site and that Locke, there's good reason to believe that Locke has stolen the player funds and you were uncomfortable with promoting this service anymore because you're afraid anybody who deposits to that site will lose their money. Any lawyer who has any worth whatsoever will tell you, you don't have to keep promoting this. You can, you can break the contract. Even if the business itself is not illegal, which this is, but even if it's not, you also are not required to continue promoting a scam. If, if a company is scamming people and you have good reason to believe it, which you definitely do from everything Locke's been doing, uh, you have a right to break the contract then too. You're not forced to lead new lamps to the slaughter. So don't worry about the contract. But don't take my word for it. Go to a lawyer. But don't use that as an excuse. Don't say, I would leave, but I'm under contract. Don't say that crap. Go to a, a lawyer, a competent lawyer. You'll pay for a freaking hour consultation for 200 bucks, whatever it costs. Some will even do it for free. And, and tell them the whole story. And ask, can I break this contract? And any decent lawyer will tell you yes. So I don't want to hear this story from Lock Pros, I'm under contract. No, you're not. You're not under a, an enforceable contract. Anyway, one of the lock pros who's really been uh, sticking up for them has been Matt Stout. And it's too bad. A lot of people had a lot of respect for Matt Stout, but he is just repeating the company lines over and over and over again. Uh, Brian Hastings, I, I have respect for this guy. He, he has been calling out Matt Stout and other pros through his Twitter. And he was saying, look, you know, with all this information coming out, any decent person would would walk, would say to Locke, hey, I'm, I'm gone. Take my patch back. I'm not representing you another minute. 
And Brian Hastings, he was a, a full tilt pro at one point, but the difference is full tilt, uh, this really blindsided everyone. Now, there were some people who continued representing them after Black Friday and after they weren't paying anyone when they shouldn't have been. People like Annette last year were still wearing full tilt patches at the World Series when it was very clear the full tilt was broke. But, but you can't blame people who were full tilt pros prior to Black Friday because everyone, including me, thought that full tilt had all the money. And even the ones that stayed too long, uh, they made a mistake. But with Locke, it's even more obvious. With Locke, the writing's on the wall, especially after what everyone went through with Full Tilt. Full Tilt should be a lesson. UB should be a lesson. If you don't learn from the past, you're bound to repeat the mistakes in the future. And that's why I don't understand why after everything this poker community has been through, with UB, with AP, with Full Tilt, how are they not seeing what's going on with Locke Poker? How do they not realize that the stories don't add up? Why, why don't any of these lock pros say, wait a minute, Jennifer Larson, hang on a second. You said these canceled cash-outs were because players were abusing the transfer feature and then cashing it out in mass quantities. How are these players doing that if none of the players in question who had their cash-outs canceled were affiliates? How could they have been abusing it? How is that even physically possible on the site to do? Explain that one, Jennifer. Nobody stops Jennifer and says that. Nobody just like, they just like let her spout BS to them. They're like, oh, okay, thank you, Jennifer. Okay, thanks. Okay, it's going to be better in three weeks. Okay, Jennifer, I'll tell them. Okay, Jennifer. All right, makes sense to me, Jennifer. That's what they do. It pisses me off. Why, Why doesn't anyone stand up to this woman and say, these stories are crap. They don't make any sense. They contradict the facts. Nobody does this. The press release is BS. It's just wrong. It, it doesn't add up with the facts that we have. But the pros keep repeating them. So lock poker pros, uh, I really hope you jump ship sooner than later. So if I see you at the World Series wearing a lock patch, I'm not going to punch you. I'm not going to physically assault you. But but I, I will call you out. I will say, why are you wearing this? I will say, you're very aware of what's going on. Why are you promoting this site which is taking people's money and not letting them have it back? Why are you leading people over there to believe that their money is safe when it's going to be stolen from them in all likelihood? How can you sleep at night doing that? I, I'll ask you this. You know, if you're wearing a lock patch at the World Series, presumably you're trying to advertise to the other players at your table that they should deposit on lock. Or if you get on TV, to people watching TV, why should these poor innocent people who know nothing about the situation be subjected to this? And I'll ask you that right at the table. And I hope everybody else does too. So so please, uh, unless by some miracle by uh, May 31st, whenever the damn World Series begins... Unless by some miracle this not only resolves itself, and when I say resolves, I don't mean a few cash-outs get pushed through. I mean that somehow it's proven the lock is solvent. Somehow it's proven that there was a good explanation for all this, not just BS stories, but somehow everyone goes, oh, okay, well, all right, yeah, there's some miscommunication. Yeah, maybe Locke could have communicated better, but wow, they've been okay this whole time. Wow. All right, we were wrong. Like, unless that happens between now and, and uh, May 31st, 
don't wear that patch. You're, you're really leading people to do something self-destructive. You're really leading people to waste their money. So, uh, let's let's see what else uh, we can talk about with Locke here. Uh, they they refuse to be audited. This is another uh, thing that pisses me off. Though it all makes sense in the grand scheme of things of them being broke. Uh, everyone keeps saying, "Look, if you have the money, Locke, why don't you have a third party auditor come in and take a look?" There's a lot of auditing firms that will keep everything confidential. In fact, that's how these these firms uh, they have to keep everything confidential because uh, you know opening the books for any company is really opening their soul. And if that information got out to the competition, it could be very damaging. So, and a lot of companies are afraid to open their books. You know, afraid that if there's anything that's possibly criminal in the way they've spent their money, that they could get in trouble. So these auditing firms, they're not the police. Uh, They're just looking to state the facts. So if you hire an auditing firm to go over your books and to go over your your bank accounts and uh, to go over all the player accounts on your site and and answer the question, does Locke have the player money or not, that's all they're going to answer. They're not going to report anything to the Department of Justice. Uh, They're not going to investigate other things. They're just going to do what they're paid for, give an honest answer, and, and that'll be that, and keep everything confidential. And if they didn't, then nobody would hire them. If it were to get out that certain auditing firms were leaking information that they were finding when they were uh, auditing these companies, they, they would go out of business. Because this is a very serious matter. That's a, a very, very serious area for confidentiality. It's almost like a shrink who, after you see him, goes on the Internet and says, hey, Check out this loser I spoke to today and then post about all your problems you told him about. If that got out, no one would ever go to that shrink again. So so shrinks, they, they keep their mouths shut when you tell them anything about your problems. And they're bound to do that, in fact, by law, unless it's about uh, some kind of uh, dangerous uh, criminal matter. Like if you go to a shrink and say, I'm going to kill such and such person today, then they're supposed to go to the police. But pretty much anything else, they're supposed to keep their mouths shut. Same thing with these auditing firms. Uh, they... They are bound by confidentiality, and that's that's pretty much their whole business model. But Locke somehow believes that if they allow their finances to be audited, that somehow it's going to leak out where their bank accounts are, and the big bad DOJ is going to come over and seize all the money. And that's why they won't be audited. Sorry, guys, we'd love to have an audit, but uh, we got to hide our money from the DOJ, and you know these auditing firms, you just can't trust them, so sorry. So Locke would rather have everyone believe they're broke than take the chance that a highly respected auditing firm is going to leak out where their bank accounts are to the DOJ. Do you understand how stupid that sounds? Locke is circling the drain. The business is burning to the ground as we watch because everyone believes they're broke. All they have to do is get an auditing firm, a highly trusted auditing firm that the players would even pay for. If, if for some reason Locke didn't want to pay for it, I, I could get a group of players together in a second to pay for this. And and uh, Locke won't do it. They, they could solve all their problems for free, and they won't do it because of this, this tiny 
and probably non-existent chance that somehow the auditing firm is going to sell them out to the DOJ in some way? And do you understand how ridiculous that sounds? But that's what they claim. You're supposed to believe it, because Jennifer looked looked the pros in the eye and told them while they were having their life-changing experience in Portugal. Now, where has the money gone? Where has the money gone? I keep talking about the player money being stolen, but where is it? Some people have theorized maybe just Locke is not a profitable company. Maybe they uh, they pay too much rake back out. Maybe they do much, too much marketing. And to some degree, that's true. And it's possible they're just not really profitable, but you, you don't understand how profitable poker rooms really are. I mean, they even medium-sized ones like Locke, they make a lot of money through rake. They really do. It's hard to waste all that money because they have... Uh, their costs are not very high. The server costs are very little. They don't have to pay any dealers. Uh, they don't have to pay for physical space. Uh, they don't have to pay insurance. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they don't have to pay for that brick-and-mortar rooms pay. They, they deal so many more hands per hour. They can run so many more tables per hour than brick-and-mortar rooms. Uh, they basically correct, collect the same rake per hand. So they, they really rack up money quickly. So do they really waste all that money, all that money they raked on just marketing and on over rake back? I don't think so. I think they aren't making anywhere near what they could because of these dumb decisions, but I I don't think that's where the money went. Now, initially I was told by an inside source that the money was lost in the Cypress banks. When the Cypress banking scandal happened and uh, uninsured deposits were closed down, And people lost their money that were banking in Cyprus. And keep in mind, uh, Cyprus banks were used uh, really as a tax shelter by a lot of foreigners, a lot of rich foreigners, including a lot of Russians. So the rumor was that uh, the player money got lost because it was in the Cyprus banks and it was uninsured. I always did wonder, though, if that was the truth, why don't they just own up to it? or at least own up to that being some of the reason, because at least it's not their fault. I mean, yeah, they put the money in Cypress banks, which they probably shouldn't have done, but it wasn't Locke that caused the Cypress banks to crash. Almost sounds like a plausible excuse. But they're they're vehemently denying this. But for a while, that was the only rumor that was out there. It was a rumor that I helped propagate, but uh, I heard it from real source. I didn't make it up. And it still might be true. It's very possibly could be true. Could also be false, maybe. But I, I found some more information that would uh, lend some credence to this uh, rumor, which I'll get to in a little bit. But I heard something else today from inside source number three. See, inside source number one told me about the uh, Cyprus banking uh, situation and how it affected Locke. Inside source number two told me about the Portugal trip. And I was the one to report that on 2 plus 2. And inside source number three today told me that here's where the money really went. As some of you know, Lock Poker left the merge network in the middle of last year, a year ago actually, just about exactly a year ago, and uh, bought the Cake Network. Because Cake Poker, they used to be the flagship on the Cake Poker Network. And Lock supposedly bought Cake, bought the whole network. And, and Cake, I guess, became a skin on now Locke's network, because they now owned it. 
And so Locke owned Revolution Gaming. That was the new name of the network. Instead of the Kate Network, it was called the Revolution Network, Revolution Gaming, whatever. Uh, this happened on May 7th, 2012. But where did Locke get the money to buy Revolution? Now, I should point out that they do not own all of Revolution. It turned out that uh, this was somewhat of a lie, and that in reality, all Locke did was buy a minority share in the Cake Network, and they were presented as the public face of the network, and they were presented as the new owners, because Cake was having all kinds of problems. They were very slow with cash-outs. They were probably insolvent. And so Locke, which had a better reputation at the time, even though undeserved because of a lot of scandals they were involved in, at least people did not think they were broke, and probably, you know, then at least they did have money on hand a year ago. But they didn't have their own money on hand. The story I'm hearing is that Locke Poker had money on hand in May of 2012, but it was the player money. And when they bought their share of the Revolution Network, they did it with the player money. Now, they still had enough left over to cash people out. And for about six months, the cash-outs were still okay. Then around November of 2012, the cash-outs started getting real slow for everybody, including non-U.S. players. And what I think happened is that with the various failures that were occurring on the Revolution Network, they had all kinds of problems, and and with Locke's general high expenses, with uh, all the pros they have, all the marketing, etc., etc., I think that Locke actually uh, was running in the red on this new network. They were ma- they were making money, I believe, on uh, n- not a whole lot because of their stupid uh, over rake back they were paying out and all the higher marketing. But when they were on Merge, they were they did have probably more traffic than any other skin on Merge. But when they moved to Revolution in May of 2012, uh, I-, I think over the next six months they lost money. And what little remained of the player money that they had been using for cash-outs was now gone. So they were probably broke as far back as November, and that was when they started to have to really slow down the cash-outs so they could afford to pay them. And that makes sense. It makes sense that the player money was used to buy Revolution, or part of Revolution, and Locke, I don't think Locke was thinking, hey, we're stealing from people. I think Locke was believing, hey, we're going to leave Merge because there are all kinds of problems with Merge that I won't get into. You can read about it in the... Uh, um, there's a thread on, on scam scandals and shadiness. Uh, it's an older thread about what's going on at the Merge network. It explains all the problems that was going on with Locke and, uh, and why they were pretty much forced off the Merge network. That's another discussion for another time. But uh, they pretty much had to leave the Merge network because there was a lot of uh, dissension over there. And they figured if they bought into this revolution that they would really make revolution huge. They'd blow up big time and uh, they'd make a lot of money. So they, they saw it as just kind of borrowing from the players. So borrow from player funds, buy a piece of revolution, make revolution big and successful, then just return the player money back where it was and everything's cool. But what if you don't make money? What if instead of making money hand over fist, you're losing money? Well, then you're not only not replenishing the player funds you use to buy your piece of revolution, but the player funds that are remaining go down, down, down until you have zero. And that's where I think they stand today. Now, I believe that it's possible that the, the Cypress story is true, too. 
And maybe that is what contributed to the rock bottom situation they're in right now to where unlike November, they could just say, hey, wait with the cash outs, but still we're paying people that had requested them months ago. Maybe now they're so broke they can't pay anyone. And maybe that is because they lost additional money in Cyprus. Maybe what their case funds were in the Cyprus banks and those got lost too. And that was it. So maybe that compounded the problem that began when they purchased Revolution with player funds. But that's where I believe the money is. Inside source number three is a pretty reliable source. I can't tell you I have 100% confirmation on it because I don't. But this person insists that that's what happened. And they insist it's not a theory or a guess that this is what happened. That Locke used player funds to buy their piece of revolution. And that's what started the whole domino effect and leaves us where we are today in May 2013. Let me tell you a little bit about the Cyprus connection. And uh, then I will... uh, I will quit with this topic and move on to something else. I think uh, two hours of this is enough discussion, even though I could probably go on for another three about it. But uh, here's the Cyprus connection with lock poker. Let me bring this up here. Sorry for the delay. That's what happens when I run my own show. I don't have a co-host. All right, so uh, if you remember, Joseph, the supposed Lock Poker official, said Lock has never held any accounts in Cyprus banks. Shane said Lock has never banked in Cyprus, and the collapse in Cyprus was in 2013, not 2012. Well, guess what? I took a look at the Who Is registration information for LockPoker.com. Now, yes, I know it's LockPoker.eu now, but LockPoker.com is theirs too. It was the original site before they uh, switched domains to the EU, like most poker sites did, so the DOJ can't touch it. So, the Who Is registration for LockPoker.com, and for those of you that don't know, Who Is is pretty—it's a way to look up uh, who owns. A, a certain website and, and see other information about it. That's, that's the layman's terms of what who is is. So I did a who is on lockpoker.com and it came with the following. Owner name JDB Services. Now what the hell is JDB Services? I'll explain shortly. Address Stasinu 1 Mitzi Building First Floor Office 4 Nicosia Cyprus Oh, so their owner, this JDB Services, is in Cyprus, but somehow they didn't bank in Cyprus. They're right in Cyprus, but they didn't bank there. <laughs> it was also listed a second owner of Conrefill uh, uh, Investments Limited, also in Nicosia, Cyprus. Also the uh, same address of at uh, Staniso One Mitzi Building. First floor, office four. Actually, it says flat four for this one, but same thing. Flat office, whatever. Cyprus. So, the question is, what is JDB Services that owns Locke? Well, JDB Services, 
they have a domain, jdbservicesnv.com. NV doesn't stand for Nevada. That's, uh, that's, uh, I know, I don't know exactly know what NV stands for, but it's something like, almost like, kind of like incorporated in other countries. I should look that up. I never knew what that stood for, but I, I, I know generally what it represents. Anyway, uh, jdbservicesnv.com. Uh, if you go there, it uh, presents itself as a payment processing site. And it's registered to Dr. M.J. Huggenholtzweg, UTS building, Willemstad, Cyprus. Now, some people said Willemstad. Isn't that a city in Curacao? Well, there is a Willemstad, Cyprus. So I wouldn't be so quick to say that must be Curacao unless it improperly. Besides, Nicosia, Cyprus is definitely it's a, a big city in Cyprus, and that's uh, definitely Cyprus, and that wasn't an accident. So they definitely have some kind of connection to Cyprus. I don't know if that's where their headquarters are, if it's some office there, but, I mean, the LockPoker.com and JDBServicesNV.com are registered to Cyprus. Now, again, what is JDB Services? Uh, if you Google JDB Services Poker Payment Processor, you will see that it's a payment processor and that it seems to work exclusively for Lock Poker, or at least Lock is their only payment processor client. Uh, but if you look at the Business Week website, uh, you know, there's the uh, magazine Business Week, they have a website. You'll find on there, looking up uh, JDB Services, it says JDB Services NV, doing business as Lock Poker, offers online poker services. The company is based in Auth, Netherlands. Well, um, forget the Netherlands part for right now, because you know, it's listed Cyprus of who owns the domain. Now, it lists on Business Week recent private company transactions in the past 12 months. Well, nothing, because no- nothing's happened in the past 12 months. However, 12 months and two days ago, something did happen. And if you look, an old, you look up an old version of this Business Week entry, you will find it says, on May 7, 2012, merger slash acquisition, target, Cake Gaming NV. You'll say, well, yeah, I knew about that. Yeah, of course. Uh, Locke bought Cake on May 7th. I mean, even Poker News posted an article on May 7th that Locke bought Cake. That's no secret. Except the Business Week website doesn't say Locke bought Cake. It says JDB Services bought Cake on May 7th, 2012. So I think it's pretty certain here that JDB Services is Locke. Why does that matter? Well, JDB Services is actually the payment processor for Lock that they try to pretend is, is a different processor. People get messages from uh, JDB Services saying their payout is going to be approved or whatever. This is from a, a user on 2 Plus 2 two years ago. He said, when I cashed out, I received an email from JDB Services saying my payout is to be approved. And, and then the person complained about JDB Services that he went to their website and it looks ghetto. <laughs> so... Arisen, Eric Lynch, who at the time was uh, doing support, he's still a poker room manager for Locke, by the way. He's just kind of hiding out and not commenting on any of this. Uh, He said, if you do everything through the poker site, you will never interact with a casino or JDB services. So Locke has been processing its own payments. They're not using shady payment processors. They're their own shady payment processor, this JDB services. JD, JDB Services it really does appear to be based in Cyprus. Of course, they're the same thing as Lock. Business Week says that they own Lock. But despite all that, and despite the fact that JDB Services is in Cyprus, they supposedly never banked there. 
Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? So I think there is some validity to the rumor. Now, I, I know there's probably some lock pros and maybe even some lock managers, maybe even the lock owner herself, Jennifer Larson, listening right now. I, I would hope they would call in, but I, I know they don't want to. So, if they won't call in, I am going to call out. That's right, folks. I'm going to make a phone call. Let's call a certain number here and see what we get. Still trying to go through. Here we go. Let's see who answers here. Hello. Can I speak to Jennifer, please? There is no Jennifer here. You sure there's no Jennifer? This is not Jennifer. You, you never get any calls asking for Jennifer Larson? I'm sorry? Do you ever get any phone calls asking for Jennifer Larson? No. You don't. Well, I, I have some bad news for you. Um, there's a person named Jennifer Larson who owns a site called Lock Poker, which is pretty much a scam and is stealing everyone's money. Um, if if you look at the who is information for LockPoker.net, it lists your phone number as her phone number. So I'm surprised you haven't gotten any calls yet. Okay. But you you haven't gotten any calls asking for Jennifer. No, I'm not Jennifer. No one has called me. Okay, I'm, I'm just explaining what's going on. You, you may get some because uh, people are very angry about the lock poker stealing people's money. This okay, is... I really don't care. I'm not Jennifer. This is not her number. My name is not Jennifer. And you don't live at 33 Water, Suite, uh, 33 Water Street in uh, Vancouver? In Vancouver? No. So you don't even live in Vancouver? No. <laughs> Now that's uh, I'm telling you, there's going to be a wave of phone calls here, not from me, but from. Okay, people. where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from a secret location on the top of Mount Charleston near Las Vegas. A secret location. Yes, yes. This is this is actually a radio show. This is called Poker. A Fraud radio Alert. show. Yes, it's called Poker Fraud Alert Radio, and we discuss scams and scandals and shadiness in poker. And we were trying to reach. Okay, well, you know what. I don't live in Vancouver. My uh -huh. name is not Jennifer. Uh -huh. Thanks for calling. Have you ever been to Portugal? I'm sorry? Have you ever been to Portugal? No. Have you ever been in a castle? Why are you asking ha me that? You You're done, weird. Have you ever done archery in a moat? <laughs> I, I guess the answer is no. You know, in her defense, it is 10.30 at night. You're weird. <laughs> that was her last comment to me. You're weird. So, I, I hope that was Jennifer. Some people are saying in the chat, if that wasn't her, she would have hung up quickly. I have to, I have to agree that's possible. I have to agree that this woman stayed on the phone a bit too long. In her defense... Uh, this is 10.30 at night in Vancouver, and there's some strange guy calling her, and maybe she's afraid if she hangs up, he's going to keep calling. Like, you know, maybe she wanted to stay on. Now, now, some people are saying in the chat they really think it's her. 
100% it's her. Call her back. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm mixed about calling her back because, like, if I'm really just hassling someone who got Jennifer's old phone number, I, I, I feel bad about it. I don't want to creep out some innocent woman. Even She did sound like a bitch. I'll be honest here. The area code was 604, by the way. But I, I, I'll feel a little bit guilty. In fact, a lot guilty if I, if I scare some poor, innocent, albeit bitchy woman in the Vancouver area who doesn't live in Vancouver, allegedly. Uh, just because she happens to have Jennifer Larson's old phone number. Because you know, we all understand this stuff, but she doesn't know why I'm calling. She doesn't know why I'm hassling her. Uh, China Maniac says in chat, sounds like a lady her age for sure. You know, I don't know Jennifer's age. I assume she's around my age, you know, probably 40 or so. And I, I do agree this woman sounded around my age. And uh, I don't know. Maybe others have called Jennifer. And if she gets a call from an unknown number, boy, like if she's expecting calls, she did just very quickly say she wasn't Jennifer. But like, why would she ever say that if she is Jennifer and she doesn't know yet that I'm a, a call that's unwelcome? And if she thinks I'm a call that's unwelcome, why would she answer the phone? Why not just like let it go to voicemail? I, I guess we can see if the voicemail answers and see if it says hi, this is Jennifer. But I don't know. Everybody in the chat sure it was her. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I know the chat room really wants to bother her, but I just, I, I, I guess I'm getting too soft in my old age. Is someone saying maybe Jennifer's not her real name? <laughs> my gut feeling says it's not her. I, I could end up feeling stupid about this, much like when I called Russ Hamilton, or sorry, when I not when I called Russ Hamilton, much like when I, I, I was the first one to break the story that Russ Hamilton was involved in the cheating, and then Russ Hamilton called me and was really pissed and convinced me that he, not necessarily that he wasn't, but that I didn't have proof, and I was afraid I was slamming an innocent man, and I took it all down, and then it turned out I was right the whole time. It could be like that again. Uh, they're saying in the chat that the phone number had the incorrect area code in the Whois data. That the area code for uh, Vancouver is 605. Even though I should know this, um, I'm not that familiar with 604 and 605. Now, 605 is South Dakota. Definitely shouldn't be 605. And I'm pretty sure 604 is Van- the Vancouver area. It doesn't have to be the city of Vancouver. Yeah, but it's it's southwestern British Columbia. So I don't know what the chat room's saying about 605. Couldn't be 605. There you go, was 604. So, I don't know. Maybe we spoke to Jennifer, maybe we didn't. I'll tell you, though. That is one woman I don't think I'd want to date. She didn't sound like a good girlfriend material. Maybe one night in bed would be okay, but not as a girlfriend. She'd drive me crazy. Even if she is not the person stealing everyone's money on lock poker. So, I, I believe it was probably her number at one point, but uh, these cell phone numbers turn over pretty quickly. And we've had this before. Anyway. So, uh... The call coming in. I think it's Bad Guy Twenty Three. Call you're on the air. What's up, Josh? What's up, baby? Hello. 
That was that chick. I think it was that chick, man. Well, you know, there's arguments for, arguments against. I, I just think she, she too quickly said she wasn't Jennifer. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that... Uh, call her back. Call her, let's call her I, back I think right she was now. Just kind of freaked I'll, out. I'll on the grinder. You, you, have to, you have to understand. Oh, hey, I'll be like, it's the grind. We're just screwing around with you. I'll say some shit like that. I, I, I won't talk bad guy too serious. No, 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 I understand, but I talk, you, have, you have to see the I way... I can do professional talk, baby. You have to understand the, <laughs> the way women look at this is that they get a call late at night from a strange dude, and they're a little bit scared. They're sometimes afraid to hang yeah, up. But they don't want to piss him off. I have, a que- I have a question for you, though. But then when you say something about where she was at, what the hell did you say, Macau or something? She hesitates and goes, oh, who are you? I mean, no, did you hear that part that of it or no? No, she didn't say it that way. I didn't... I, while I wouldn't be absolutely uh, yes, she did. I was listening. While bro. I wouldn't she did be, say like she hesitated. While I wouldn't be absolutely shocked I, if it was her, uh, my gut instinct says no on this one. I, I just I, I wish I. What's the odds you'll give me? That's that. Yeah. Well, I I, I, don't, I think I, it's her. I think it's her, bro. She black. I don't know if she's black. No, the, the real Jennifer Larson's not black. No. Does anybody have audio of this lady? There's no audio of this lady there's anywhere. There's no audio. There's, like, one, there's, like one, she, there's one picture of her, but no audio. No audio. Wow, man. I don't know, bro, because when you said a couple things, she paused and then she goes, well, who is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you, okay, how long are you going to stay on the phone for before you hang up? I mean, I mean, you're asking all kind of weird questions. And then when you hit home about some of the things where she would be if it was her, she hesitates on every one of them. If you go back and listen, I'm telling you, she did. She hesitated on drop. I mean, you're the one talking, so you don't hear her, but she really did. And that's when she asked you, well, who is this? She asked you who you are, too. Like, like if you're if you're pranking somebody and you know it's you're not Jennifer Larson, aren't you going to just say, well, I'm going to say who the fuck is? I mean, if you're not her, it's hanging up. Eventually, at least. I think it was her, bro. But I was wrong on that one thing. Remember that one time uh, when Slim T was on and we pranked the the guy that uh, did something with a with a girl or something. Big. When anonymous has numbers, when anonymous has numbers, yeah, yeah, that that one place. So I might be wrong here. Yeah. All right. You know, I hate to tell you, bad. Anyway, I don't know if it's your end or my end, but uh, very bad connection well, with you. It's hard to understand you. Are you serious? Yeah. Maybe I don't have the radio turned all the way down. No, no, it's not, it's not it that. No, 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 it's not that. It's just a bad connection. Uh, so that guy's done for tonight, I guess. I, I guess. Maybe you can try later. I've got more stuff to talk about. All right, I'll come back later, man. I mean, I don't think it's my phone, man. I'm on my cell phone. I don't know if it is. I don't know. All right, brother. Okay, bye. So, uh, kind of a choppy call. So... But I did call 604. Some people are finding 605 on some other lock-related sites, but I did call a 604 number, which is Vancouver. Anyway, I guess we'll see what happens. I don't think they're ever going to get their 2 plus 2 ads back. I don't think anyone's going to trust them again. I don't think this is going to end anytime soon, because even if they pay some people out, it's not going to be over, and they're never going to agree to an audit. So everyone's going to still be saying, you know, show us that the money really exists. And Locke's going to say no, and there'll be a standstill. A standoff, actually. And a standstill. Uh, in the same thread, somebody posted, and uh, we had a lot of new users come out of the woodwork to talk about this one. Uh, a new user showed up 
and said the following. A user who calls himself knows some things. He says, hi, Dan. Good work as usual. Some things to add. JDB services are most likely in Cyprus, according to other info posted in interlinking. Um, however, the domain info it mentions that uh, Hugen Holzweg, which is that guy, Dr. Hugen Holzweg, which is in Curacao. And he said the city I posted is Willemstad, so they most likely mixed it up with something else we entered the info. As you may know, Curacao is politically related to the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, since this was originally a Netherlands company, he's trying to say that it probably is Curacao and that they probably was uh, Willemstad Curacao, not Willemstad uh, Cyprus, but that uh, they are probably actually in Cyprus, but that this uh, Dr. Hugen Holtzwig is probably in Curacao, which is true. It's uh, it's a Dutch island. Uh, he says, interesting, interesting to note, there's some also seem to be some strange companies working at that weird building, Stannis New 1, Mitzi Building 1. Uh, he said they may not be related to Locke directly, but that is probably used as an address, as, as like a mail drop type address, because there's a lot of... Uh, rip-off and scam reports of things that are coming from that address, which may not have originated from Locke. These may not be Locke's doing, but this may be some shady company that allows you to use them as a mail drop if you have a scamish sort of company. So. Anyway, they definitely have some association with Cyprus. No question. Where they're physically located, I don't know. So... I welcome anyone to come on this show or talk to me privately who's a lock pro. But let me tell you, you guys are, your boss is not answering the tough questions. The press release answered nothing. The press release just saying, wait three weeks, it'll get better. It's the fault of those people abusing the transfers. That's not an answer. Until we get real answers that make sense and that indicate lock poker is not broke. When I say indicate, I don't mean to just say it. I mean some kind of proof. You can't trust lock poker. And right now it's trading at about 35 cents for a dollar on 2 plus 2. Not a lot of faith. I don't think I've ever seen a site trade that low before. So, a lot of people think that uh, lock poker is done. We're very close to it. Also, if you read any articles on Gambling 911, I would ignore them. Gambling 911 is a big affiliate for Lock Poker. They've been pushing a lot of pro Lock articles recently about the situation. They are not a legitimate news source. They're an affiliate site that posts articles that are always favorable towards the sites that uh, they represent and pass them off as real news stories. So... Ignore anything out of Gambling 911. It is highly, highly, highly biased. So, uh, that's the lock poker situation right now. What a mess, huh? And it will continue. Thread on 2 plus 2 is over 90 pages. Got a good sized thread. Easier to read because it's only like 7 pages on Poker Fraud Alert. About this current situation. Locked pros, please quit. Don't continue representing them. You're going to lead more people to 
deposit and never get their money back. You don't want that on your content, do you? I hope you don't. Well, I made some reference before to UB. Now, Lock Poker's kind of a 2013 version of UB, in a way. Now, I can't believe it's repeating itself. Well, a lot of you know that there's a new online poker site, a legal one, the very first legal online poker site in the United States. It's called Ultimate Poker. It's run by the Station Casinos. It's only for Nevada. I shouldn't say residents. It's only for people physically in Nevada. If you're standing in Nevada, you can play on Ultimate Poker. If you're not physically in Nevada, no matter where you live, you can't play on Ultimate Poker, at least not till you set foot back in Nevada again. We talked about this site last week. They just opened, uh, I think, on April 30th. They've been now in operation for nine days. Uh, they haven't really grown that much, I'll be honest. It's been kind of stagnant there. It's not a ghost town, but it's not. Uh, it really hasn't taken off, which is kind of a bad sign for these Nevada poker rooms until they get some other states aboard. I think you know, this is the only game in town right now. Imagine when some other ones open. It's going to dilute the pool even further. But uh, that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about with Ultimate Poker is that uh, a lot of people criticize them for their name choice because it reminds people too much of Ultimate Bet. And the reason they chose that name was because they also own the UFC. So they want to use that ultimate term to kind of tie it in with UFC and get UFC fans on Ultimate Poker, which isn't a bad idea from a marketing standpoint, especially if they already own the UFC. So that's why they chose Ultimate Poker. But strangely enough, Ultimate Poker actually has something in common with Ultimate Bet. What do they have in common? Well, they have in common an individual known as Greg Pearson and a company known as iOvation. Sound familiar? If you've been following the Ultimate Bet scandal at all since it broke, it should. iOvation is a company that is owned in part by Greg Pearson. He's the CEO. Also involved is John Carl. They were very, very early on at the very beginning, actually, at UB. Helped design the UB software. Uh, they built in security features, including the so-called God Mode, which allowed whole cards to be seen. It was unclear if this God Mode was originally built for cheating, or if it was built as some sort for some sort of legitimate purpose for testing or for security. But whatever, uh, that God Mode, as you know, ended up being used by Russ Hamilton and others to see people's whole cards and cheat people on UB. And this is old news. Russ Hamilton is a known culprit. He's been named in all kinds of reports. Even though Russ, Russ was guilty, he was also thrown under the bus as the only one confirmed to have cheated. And the other cheaters got off scot-free. Even though Hamilton never went to prison or faced any legal consequences, at least his name was ruined. At least he's the, the face of cheating. Guys like Greg Pearson, who were strongly suspected of also cheating, or at least facilitating it, got off scot-free. And Greg Pearson has a very successful company now in iOvation, which has grown, and uh, um, Greg Pearson has a ton of money. And aside from some people like Haley Hintz, 
who have uh, doggedly been investigating the UB scandal and reporting Greg Pearson's name. Uh, the general public doesn't know Greg Pearson had anything to do with the UB cheating. Everyone knows Russ Hamilton, but Greg Pearson, no. He, he really got away with whatever his part was. And uh, Travis McCarr, who used to be a close confidant and a right-hand man of Russ Hamilton, has released all kinds of uh, documents and recordings that implicate Greg Pearson in various ways, and I've covered them in the past on this show. So what does this have to do with Ultimate Poker? Well, when you go on to Ultimate Poker, it has to verify that you are really 21 and you are who you say you are. So uh, this way, number one, you're the right age, and number two, that you're actually the person you claim to be. So this way, uh, uh, for example, a kid pretending to be his father won't get away with it. Well, obviously, since they can't see you through the computer, they have to use some electronic means to verify you to the best of their ability. The way they do it is you enter your birth date, your full name, your social security number, and it then checks this with some sort of database and sees if this all matches. If you have it all correct, it assumes that only that person would probably know all this stuff and have access to this data, and would probably you're probably likely that person. Obviously, it's not foolproof, but for example, a 16-year-old kid probably won't have that easy of a time getting his dad's social security number. He could, but it's, it's not as easy. So that, that's the way they use to verify it, and apparently that's enough for the uh, Nevada Gaming Com- Control Board to prove that someone is over 21. Now, the way they verify this is by sending the data off to a third-party company to then come back with an answer. And they send this to a third-party company that uh, is known as uh, CAMS, C-A-M-S. And CAMS comes back with an answer of like, yes, no, or maybe. Uh, So, again, CAMS does not have access to anything else on Ultimate Poker. They don't have access to the software. They can't see whole cards. All CAMS does, you know, they're, they're a separate company. They receive the information that Ultimate Poker sends them with your name, your birth date, your social security number, and it comes back, does this all match? Does this not match? Or does it kind of partially match, but uh, there's some kind of problem to where uh, you should verify further? When I registered for Ultimate Poker, it came back with, it partially matches, which is weird because my, my name was correct, my birth date was correct, and so was my social, but somehow it didn't completely match in their eyes, and I had to send a, a copy of my ID into them, which I did, and I got verified. But the, what does Ultimate po- Poker still have to do with Iovation? I'm talking about CAMS now. What does CAMS have to do with Iovation? Well, CAMS contracts with Iovation to uh, to do this actual verification. So, Iovation is actually the one that is verifying your information when you first sign on to Ultimate Poker. They are the ones who get your name, your birth date, and Social Security number and come back with the yes, no, or maybe answer, which then goes to CAMS, which then gets sent back to Ultimate Poker. And then Ultimate Poker tells you uh, you know whether you've been verified or not. Now, the way this was discovered was because Iovation, I guess, had some kind of problem with their server when one of the people tried to get verified, and it came back with a message, Iovation error. 
Instead of saying, yes, your verification worked, no, it didn't, it just said, iOvation error. And the person's like, what? iOvation? What do they have to do with this site? So they posted this to 2 plus 2, and the guy who was the, is the 2 plus 2 representative for Ultimate Poker admitted that iOvation does do the third-party verification for the identities. Now, this is what uh, the guy wrote. This is uh, the guy who posts on 2 plus 2 is Dexonovich. iOvation is our age-slash-identity verification software. iOvation has zero access to our software, our database, our hands, our company, or our location. We send them a packet of information, uh, actually through another vendor called Verify, that contains the player's social security number, name, address, date of birth, and they tell us yes, no, or maybe so. If we get a maybe so, we'll need to see a scan of your ID. No means you're using a deceased ID or they found that you're only 13 years old. iOvation is licensed by Nevada to be a vendor, and if that changes, we'll change. The Gaming Commission pulls apart your life in one of those arduous and thorough processes that I know of. Again, and I'm sure I'll be saying this a lot, we have zero connection with UltimateBet. We have no people, no software, no tools they used. In fact, our software has deeply been rooted by the lab and by gaming. We're proud of our software and our people. Now, I believe part of this. I believe that iOvation does have no access to any of their gaming software or, or any of their uh, databases or any stuff like that. They really are just sending that piece of info to CAMS, who then sends it to iOvation to get the answer. But still, iOvation is making money from this. iOvation is a vendor that is under contract through CAMS, which is under contract through Ultimate Poker, which means this first legal online poker room is making money for iOvation, probably with every identity they verify. And that's really offensive to me. After all that Greg Pearson and friends did to the community through the Ultimate Bet scandal, and how they got away with it, and how Greg Pearson not only got away with it, but he has this big, successful company now that may or may not have been financed by the cheating. That after all this, Greg Pearson is again involved in some way with the first legalized online poker room. I thought when legalization was going to happen, I thought this was all going to go away. I thought all those type of people, I thought all the Greg Pearson types would be shut out, even if they were never convicted. I thought that they would just be blackballed from the industry, that nobody would dare use iOvation for anything after what they deal with UB. After building that God Mode program, after there's there's screenshots of, of Greg Pearson sending the God Mode instructions to Russ Hamilton and to others. You would think that iOvation would not get any work in the legalized online poker world. But they have. They have through a third-party company, but they have. They're working for Ultimate Poker. Here's what bothers me the most. This statement from Daxonovich iOvation is licensed by Nevada to be a vendor, and if that changes, will change. Well, thank you. You have to change if they lose their license. And I guess it's not completely true. I guess it's CAMS that's licensed, and uh, and that then they hire iOvation, so iOvation doesn't have to be licensed in Nevada. But still, as a thank you to the poker community for both playing on their site being their customer base and for offering free and helpful suggestions all over 2 plus 2 on how to improve their software. All this free feedback they're getting. As an appreciation to the community, why can't they find a different 
identity verification vendor than iOvation. I understand the original mistake if they didn't realize what they were doing, but fine, you realize it now. You realize Greg Pearson is now making money off your site after all he did to the community. Isn't it time to say, okay, sorry, we just realized this. We're, we're going to change vendors as soon as possible. Are, are they the only ones that can do this sort of verification? Answer is no. Plenty of companies will do that kind of verification. It doesn't have to be CAMS. It doesn't have to be iOvation. You could even get CAMS to contract with someone else in this one case. This is really bad. Now, should you be afraid to play on Ultimate Poker? Well, not really. Uh, I'm not that thrilled about iOvation having my social security number now. (laughs) I mean, I definitely don't trust them. They're the last ones I'd want to give that information to. It's too late. I already have. I didn't realize it at the time. I I may not have wanted to even register there if I knew that. But they have it now. It's too late. It's already been done. But I I don't think Greg Pierce is seeing my whole cards when I play on Ultimate Poker. I'm not afraid to play there. I don't think there's super users on the site. I think it's probably a safe site to play on. It's probably safest of any site anywhere because it it is monitored by the uh, Nevada Gaming Commission. There will be real consequences if anyone cheats. You can get real investigations done if anything happens that shouldn't happen there. And you can always cash out on the spot. Just walk into the station casino and get your money. So uh, this is the safest place to play, but it just pisses me off that Greg Pearson is getting work again in, in the poker world. I mean, he gets plenty of work outside the poker world. He's extremely successful. Greg Pearson has more money than everybody listening to this broadcast. But he shouldn't get our money. He shouldn't get money from a company that is making money off of us. At least keep him out of the poker world. Jeez. I hope everybody can put as much pressure as possible on Ultimate Poker to drop iOvation and not just let them say, hey, if they lose their license, you know, we'll, we'll switch. No. Switch because that's the right thing to do. So, that, that's what's happening there. Let me move on to the next topic. 775-FRAUD-55 775-372 8355. You can also call 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston phone. Make sure to show your caller ID or you won't get through. We have some controversy this week, both on Twitter and on Poker Fraud Alert, two heavy hitters in the poker world. Bluff Magazine owner Eric Morris and former Victory Poker owner Dan Fleischman duking it out on Twitter. And then they both showed up on Poker Fraud Alert, which they didn't expect. They they aren't users of the site. I mean, they are now, but I didn't expect them to hash it out over here, but this is where it happened. And uh, I'll give you my take on this whole thing. So, also somewhat involves the Maven. But uh, uh, basically, the Maven was claiming that uh, Dan Fleischman owes him money, and he intends to take action. Now, I've heard this story before, from a long time ago, that uh, Dan Fleischman owed the Maven money. Apparently, it was never paid, according to the Maven. And then Dan 
uh, replies, and they start to fight back and forth. And then Maven brings up that Dan owes money to Eric Morris of Bluff, of Bluff Magazine. And a big Twitter fight went back and forth. Um, now, now, Victory Poker is gone. Uh, Victory Poker spent all kinds of money on pros and everything else. They were just a skin. I never understood that business model. They spent a ton of money expecting to blow up to be a huge site, and they were just a skin on the keg network. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they were expecting to become, but uh, it was a terrible business model, and it failed miserably. Uh, so they went basically went bankrupt. And uh, that was, I, I believe that was pretty much Dan Fleischman's out there as, as the company's broke. I'm sorry, we can't pay anybody. It's not my responsibility as the company. Um, I'll give my opinion on this shortly. But uh, let, let me read to you what um, uh, what, what uh, everybody's saying here. And, and then I'll give you my answer of what I think is is the situation. So this is this is from Poker Fraud Alert, from Eric Morris, from three days ago. He said I wanted people to know the truth. Let me start off by saying this is never about money, so please do not say I'm looking for a payout. This is about exposing a guy who's lied and conned many people in the business, referring to Dan Fleischman, going back uh, going back to his clothing and energy drink days. Just yesterday, I was made aware of an article that was posted on subject poker. I'm not sure how I never saw this, but I I, guarantee, I assure you the responses Dan gave were filled with lies and half-truths. For one, he owed many people and businesses money, including 2 plus 2, Maven, and Bluff. He admitted that in the article, that he had not paid Maven back and would do so in a week or so, which we all know did not happen. If he could not afford to pay 6K, just think about all the other people he stiffed. Now keep in mind, uh, we had Dan Fleischman on a previous radio show I was part of, and I actually called him out for this stuff, that, that he owed money to the Maven, that he owed money to, uh, to other people, he owed money to someone who would... Uh, won something on Victory Poker and uh, um, owed for past ads he took out in, in magazines. I'm not sure if it was Bluff or not, but uh, I, I took him up on this, and he was trying to say that uh, uh, he, he gave a lot of kind of nonsensical answers. And I went away of believing that this is really someone who just felt he could skip away on his debts. That was my opinion of Dan Fleischman. And uh, a- anyway... Going on, Eric Morris writes, Next, he states that media will only write something if they are paid. I assure that every, I assure everyone we did not sell editorial, nor do we charge any site to be on the cover. He was saying that uh, Dan Fleischman was accusing him of uh, basically selling coverage in Bluff. Like if someone's on the cover, they're paying Bluff to be on the cover. He's, so Eric Morris is saying we never did that. In fact, if we were shooting a sponsored player for the cover, we would ask them if they wanted to wear their logo. He then goes on to mention Antonio referring to as Farniari, who has been a contributing writer since the inception and launch of Bluff. Antonio has appeared on the cover four times, I believe, and Bluff has always provided him plenty of editorial and promotion. Just another lie by Dan. My my best guess is Dan owned many media companies quite... Sorry, my my best guess is Dan owed many media companies quite a bit of money, and the best way to, for him to get out of paying them is to slam the very same people that actually promoted the players and brand. Now let's address the main point of this thread in Twitter posting. Here are facts we can all agree upon. Dan signed a contract to advertise in Bluff. Dan prepaid for his first advertisement, which appeared in February 2010. Bluff continued to run victory ads, double-page threads, all the way through July 2010. An email was sent to Dan on June 17th, asking him for payment or we could not run his advertisement in August. Side note, you can see the copy of this email on my Twitter feed to verify I'm stating facts. September 3rd, 2010, an email was again sent to Dan, 
stating we heard that Victory no longer desired to run ads. What I found very strange is Dan only posted a portion of the email on Twitter. He somehow managed to cover up the part of the email that stated, last I heard you were still going to advertise or something to that effect. This shows me he never canceled his advertising and, and knew he would owe Bluff money. Bluff stopped inserting Victory advertisements because of non-payment. Now let me remind you, this is before Black Friday and Bluff is doing quite well financially. So he would not just insert his advertisement and strong-arm him into paying. If Dan really canceled his advertising contract, we would have charged him a cancellation fee in parted ways. The truth is Dan did not cancel. From what I see, the first time cancellation was discussed when Bluff ran, uh, sent him an email June 17th. What it means is uh, we'd already printed the July issue, so we ran, totally ran victory advertisements from March through July at the, rate of, at the rate of 15K per spread, which is interesting. I never knew how much they charged, uh, before we sent out an email asking for payment. I've asked Dan to send me any type of correspondence that backed up his claim with regards to pulling out of the magazine. I also stated I would publicly apologize if I was wrong. The, the only correspondence he sent was September 3rd, 2010. If I were the CEO of any company and wanted to cancel an advertising contract, you better believe I would have documentation to avoid legal problems. Some people have stated that maybe he did not see the magazine. Very good point. However, Bluff was plastered all over the Rio for two months. There's no way Dan would, could, not have, could have missed seeing the magazine, not to mention he played in several events. Why would he not pick up the magazine or call and email me why his advertisement was still running? The, adverti- the answer is because he did not cancel his ad buy. He knew exactly what he was going on and the value of having his brand promoted at the World Series through Bluff. Now, the, the, I'm going to stop for a second here. So, so basically, the, art- the argument I can see here is that Eric Morris is saying that uh, Dan Fleischman prepaid for, uh, for, for his advertisement to run... Uh, um, to, to run his ads and then um, didn't cancel and, and Bluff just kept running them because they, they figured that he still wanted them and, and when they emailed him saying do you want to cancel he just didn't answer so they're saying that uh, because he never canceled and because he never answered their emails uh, that, that it uh, that, that if he wanted it still to run yeah, that they assumed it was not a cancellation and that he owes the money, therefore. So, going on here. I have also been asked, why would you extend so much credit to one client? I can certainly admit fault here. However, when Dan paid me, he used a black Amex card and prepaid. He had established a payment history of Bluff, and it was not uncommon for comments to be 90 days late in paying invoices. I'd always thought Dan was a friend and took him for his word that we would be paid. Again, I admit fault here as well. Dan sent me a tweet that stated, A judge would laugh at you and ask why on earth are you trying to sue a shutdown company three days after the fact. He is correct here. I never mentioned anything about a lawsuit. Those were his words. Was he feeling guilty? Probably. What does accept, upset me is that from March 2010 to May 2011 to pay Bluffer's ads, uh, he had to, he had from March 2010 to May 2011 to pay Bluffer's ads before they went out of business. Trust me, if it was not for a lack of effort on our side, uh, Dan made a statement in his subject poker interview saying, whenever I buy ads from Bluff Europe or Card Player America, I mean there's magazines that, there's magazines that don't mean money. Let's put it that way. What is that supposed to mean? Is he stating that because we're profitable, he does not think magazines should be paid? Seems to me everything comes down to that one statement, which is pretty telling. Dan never intended to pay for his ad buy, plain and simple. So he's claiming that uh, Dan had an interview with uh, high-profile arguments between two third parties that neither of which post on the site. I mean, people sometimes come and respond to stuff I posted or stuff that users post about them, but uh, it's unusual for just uh, two different people to show up out of the blue and fight with each other here, especially... uh, known names in the poker world like Eric Morris and uh, Dan Fleischman. But still, interesting. So, 
let, let me uh, get to what Dan Fleischman said back. Sorry, I'm dealing with a funeral, so this will be short and to the point. <laughs> I don't know why he even mentions that. I respond to these type of things to clear the air, but may not be able to jump back into the forum, so I will just nullify Eric's claims quickly, and we can all move on, as most of us have, since Black Friday is two years behind us, and I have loaned Victory six figures and took no salary ever and prepaid dozens of other magazines for our advertisements, as you'll see in the email. Especially if you read the last line of the second email, I have been telling Eric for months to stop running ads against my will, and on 6 2010 is when multiple staff, as you see, as you can see, knew that I wanted ads to be stopped, but they continued to run for months after because it's a free roll away for them to fill up the empty space and try to strong arm slash guilt slash coerce vendors, coerce vendors into paying. You're welcome to contact Card Player, Poker Pro, Canadian Poker Pro, Poker is Vut, 944 Magazine, 7, Poker Player Mag, Bluff Europe, and the international extensions of those magazines that we prepaid and realized that only Eric is making these claims about a debt and should move on, especially after seeing that email thread photo. There's a bunch of more emails, but that last line is his exec's reaction should be clear enough that I kept saying to stop running ads. In closing, I wish you all the best. Some of the forum posts are here making good points above the, about the fact that I wouldn't owe anyone personally these funds anyway since a company liability. And for the, furthermore, like, unlike Full Tilt and other sites, I took zero salary, loaned mid-figures to the company, and paid back every account within four days of Black Friday, so I shouldn't be getting harassed when I didn't benefit, loaned a ton to make it work, and did the right thing right away. Sincerely, Dan Fleischman. So, he posted a link to this, uh, a photo of uh, some, an email he supposedly sent on, on June 24th, 2010. Uh, and this, or, or sorry, he received this from uh, Jeff Markley at Bluff Media. And uh, Jeff Markley supposedly wrote, Hey Dan, it's good to hear back from you. I apologize for being out of the loop of the conversation you've had with Eric. I honestly have no idea what you mean, all this confusion about the short term when I made my feelings clear. Uh, please send all of that correspondence as we can get that worked out. Good luck to you, and uh, uh, thank your team for the remainder of the series. Um, so, I, I don't know. That doesn't really say anything. I wouldn't say that proves that he canceled. Uh, all this confusion about the short term when I made my feelings clear. Well, his feelings about what? I, I wouldn't say that the email really shows anything. So, so Dan's saying that he did tell them he wanted to be done, stop running ads as of June 24th, and that they just kept running them. And and we didn't really get an answer about the Maven there. So uh, Eric Morris came back and said the following. Dan's reply was ridiculous and said a whole lot of nothing. I personally do not care that he never took a salary, lost millions, etc. That has nothing to do with bluff with him owing bluff money. Personally, perhaps if he did not spend all his money on Playboy centerfolds, RVs to blow up in silly videos, and throwing excessive parties, he would not have been in such a financial bind. Again, not really my problem. Let's focus at the issue at hand here. For one, there is no strong-arming anyone. He gives, me, he gives me way too much credit if he believes this to be true. Like I stated before, I have nothing to gain by exposing Dan and his lies. I know I'll never be paid. That was not my intention. My only agenda was to expose Dan and his history of lying and scamming people. His unethical business dealings go far down back further than victory poker do some research it's pretty easy to find he does in fact have a long history of less than kosher business practices in fact since i wrote the first two separate people have since i wrote the first post two separate people have come forward and told me that they've gone through similar dealing with dan below are two private messages i received i hope both parties come forward soon these are quotes from people that supposedly emailed uh, eric morris about dan fleischman 
Glad you've come out about Dan. He owed us about 6k for ads that he was invoiced for in May of 2010, which we received the runaround. The things y'all are saying meant exactly what we experienced, although he can't use the Black Friday excuse or the shutdown business excuse on us, so he used the equally lame excuse. It's not my business, so I can't, don't want to do anything with it without boss's permission, but y'all definitely weren't the only ones. Another one. I give you props for calling him out. He never, ever responded to me about the job he offered me with 3 k a month equity to multiple companies and bonuses. He knew my financial situation as I lost 100 k from full tilt. He fucked me good. You and Maven calling it out finally. Good for you, Eric. Then Eric wrote, I understand that many people think I'm making the above up, so I'm willing to provide Todd or the forum mods with the original correspondence to ensure there's no foul play on my end. Please also know I have permission to run the above so I'm not selling anyone out. I am, however, showing a history of Dan lied and ripped people off. At this point, we know there are four people he wronged. Five of you include two plus two. Just imagine how many people out there have yet to come forward. The number of lies he has told is almost too numerous to mention. Let's look at the obvious ones. Dan lied about the media not covering his players or sites that they were paid. He lied about publishing companies trying to charge him for the cover. He lied that about paying Maven back, lied about not owing any media companies money in his subject poker interview. In the very same interview, stated he believed it was okay to short people payment as long as they received 80 to 95% of the amount owed. There's a pattern here, and it's pretty evident what Dan's game plan has been. Dan goes on to link that an email was sent to Bluff on June 24th, insinuating that it was proof he canceled. He also stated he was very busy with the World Series and would get back to Bluff within a week. Where is the correspondence of him getting back? The email proved nothing other than the Bluff was owed money. Tell you what, for shits and giggles, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and that he did cancel his advertising. Within the bluff's terms and condition, there are two clauses that state canceling out of a contract, the advertiser will be responsible for paying 50% of the next month's ad buy since there's no canceling 30 days before the ad due date. We know Dan paid for his February ad, and in order to cancel out of the March issue, he would have had to send me cancellation before the February issue was even distributed. I can assure you this did not happen in the eight years of owing bluff did we have a client cancel the second advertisement in a year contract long before appearing in the first issue. Just does not happen. What this means is we know Dan was on the hook for a minimum of 22500 based on fifteen k for March and 7500 for the cancellation fee. The amount is not even debatable. The reality is that Dan has been caught in many lies, owes people money, and has never intention of paying multiple advertisers. Using the excuse that the company was not li- liable for any debt, he doesn't know anyone personally, is factually correct. However, he was the person running the company, making advertising buys and deciding who would not be paid in this business that is called slimy business practices, which we know Dan has a long history of. Uh, so the last thing we have here from, from Dan Fleischman uh, saying that uh, this is just becoming silly and time consuming anybody with common sense can see that I simply prepaid for the ad I wanted to launch at the company and continuously asked Eric to stop running the ads you can see in his above posting how confused he was saying the ads ran in May through September when it was February when it was February and the only correspondence was for me in September and when there's June saying that it was all month ago blah 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 so let me tell you what I think about this uh, obviously you can't be sure I, there was another response back from uh, Eric Morris actually which I won't bother to read you can go to the Flying Stupidity Forum and find it. It's called uh, Twitter War of the Day. And uh, uh, featuring, what does it say? The, it's called uh, Twitter War of the Day between Maven, Dan Fleischman, and Eric Morris. But here's my opinion on the situation. The website's loading kind of slowly. I hope the uh, radio is broadcasting okay. 
I never liked when someone starts a company and then runs up all kinds of debt and then says, oh, it's the company that owes, not me. Now, that works if uh, you're working for a very large company and you're just a very small piece of it. For example, if, if I'm the vice president of some big company and, and I buy ads for the company and the company goes under, um, I shouldn't be personally responsible to pay these ads because I was just working for them. When you're the CEO, uh, I think it's different. And when you're the owner, or especially the primary owner, then it's very different. Now, legally, you may be able to worm your way out of it by claiming the, the, the company's bankrupt, not me. The company had this contract with you, not me. And maybe you can worm your way out of it legally, but it's not right. When it's your company, and you're really the owner, whether the sole owner or the main owner, or whatever, you should stand behind the failures of your company and not screw the companies that you deal with because they, you know they're in business just like you. They're counting on the income that they think they're getting from you. And when you don't pay them, you're screwing them. You're, you're basically stealing from them. Now, if you don't have the money, you may not be gaining from it. If you're buying advertising and your company fails, you're not making money out of that, but, but you still owe them the money. And if you personally have the money to pay them and your company's broke, you shouldn't hide behind that because that's stealing. And I, I don't appreciate that. And, you know, I, I had the same argument with Dan Fleischman when he was on my previous radio show. And, uh, you know, he, he was talking about how if the company owes people money, then the debt's not his. And I, I said, yes, it is. And, and furthermore... Um, I remember there's someone on Victory Poker that had won some kind of contest and hadn't been paid for a long time, and there, there wasn't good communication. It was uh, the whole thing didn't look very good. And, and I had also heard stories at the time about the Maven and, and about not paying different uh, advertisers. Um, I I will say that Eric Morris, um, you, you have to you have to provide some wiggle room. If you start quoting policies to people, if you cancel this many days in advance, then you have to pay 50% of the next month, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, you can get them to sign that contract, and yeah, you can legally collect that from them if they're collectible and sue them. But, but the truth is, uh, you have to work with, with companies that, that are struggling, that are, that are going under. And uh, you shouldn't be telling them that they owe you such and such for canceling just because they didn't technically get the cancellation done by that deadline. I don't really buy that story. Uh, but what I do believe is that uh, Dan did prepay for the ad. He did present a front to Eric Morris that uh, you know that he was very successful, that Victory had a lot of money behind it, that it was going to be no problem. And, and Eric trusted him. Eric was like, okay, he's got a black Amex card, or he's prepaying for ads here. Uh we're doing so well, we're not desperate for the money, so we can wait a few months. So we're sure he's good for it, so whatever. And then and then he kind of just disappears on them. Now, I think they ran the ads a little bit too long. I, I think that uh, uh, you can't just, when someone doesn't pay you, you can't just keep running ads for eternity and tell them that uh, you they owe you money because you, they technically haven't canceled. There, there is some point that you just have to not run them anymore. And you can't just keep accruing. I mean, what what if Dan Flashman said nothing? Did they run the ads for the next 10 years and then, then bill them for 10 years' worth of advertising? Yeah, obviously not. So I think they did run them a bit too long, and they should just eat that amount. 
but but I do believe that that Victory Poker, which is now gone, did legitimately owe money to Bluff Magazine that never got paid, and I think Dan Fleischman, if he has the money now, should pay it. I mean, it's money that uh, you know he did the ad buy; it was his company. The ads ran for several months, and I don't, I don't believe that he wanted it canceled after just the first months. I, I think he that I, I believe that Dan wanted them to run for several months. Maybe he did want it gone as of June, but it ran from February through uh, June. And from what I understand here, he only paid for February, so uh, he still owes more than that. I don't believe that uh, Dan. I, I don't have proof of this, but I, I just don't believe that Dan kept saying "cancel my ads, cancel my ads," and they just kept running them. I just don't see Bluff doing that. I've never heard of Bluff doing that to anyone. So, if anything, Bluff would want to stop running their ads to to punish them and not get them business. Because you know, if Bluff runs their ads for all these months, uh, Victory will make money from getting customers from these ads. And if they never pay Bluff, then Bluff really got screwed. So, so if you're not getting paid, definitely don't run more ads. Run fewer ads. So... I think that uh, it's unlikely that Eric Morris ran these ads on purpose to try to free roll Dan Fleischman to get money out of him. It's just I've never heard of Bluff doing this before, and it doesn't make sense. And I think mostly Eric Morris is in the right here, even if he's not legally in the right. I think he's morally in the right here. I don't believe he can legally collect at this point because victory poker is defunct. But this wasn't about legalities, and Eric was pretty clear about this there. He, he was saying, I just want everyone to know what Dan did to me. And I think he has the right to do that. And, and so far, the proof I've seen from Dan uh, either doesn't really mean anything, or uh, it's just kind of stuff that isn't important, like Eric getting the dates confused that the, the, the ads ran. I mean, so what? So he got confused and said the wrong months. I mean, that, that, that doesn't prove Eric was wrong. So for the most part, I believe Eric is, is morally right on this one. I also think the Maven got screwed. I, I believe Dan still owes the Maven. And uh, you know, Dan should just pay his debts. I, I don't know what the guy's story is. I, I, I do believe that he put a lot of his own money into Victory Poker, and Victory Poker failed. It was a, a bad business model in the first place. I thought that the whole time. I, I never understood it. I, I never understood how a little skin could, could be paying so much money out to all these pros and to have all these parties and all this promotion and all these ads. Like I, I, I just never understood how they were expecting to make that back. It's just a skin on the cake network. But I, I believe somehow he's delusional enough to believe that uh, that it would, and he sunk a lot of his own money in this, and then when the when the when Victory Poker failed, uh, Dan was like, well, screw this. <laughs> yes, I owe a lot of people money, but uh, yeah, my, my company's dead. I'm not going to pay anyone. Yeah, I'm broke. Uh, my company's broke. Uh, that's it. I'm washing my hands of the whole thing. So, I, I just don't think it's ethical if your own company that's almost like a sole proprietorship or something very close to it, if that, if that fails, pay the people you owe. You know, I never even liked bankruptcy. When I first heard about bankruptcy, I couldn't believe it. That there's a way to write off your debts. That you owe people or companies money and that you, you can declare bankruptcy and just, just write it off. Just, just, it's gone. I mean, yeah, it kills your credit, but you could actually legally get out of paying debts to people by, by declaring bankruptcy. I, I couldn't believe it when I first learned about this. I thought, that's wrong. Why, why should it ever be legal 
to where you owe someone money and because you're in such bad financial shape that, that you can legally discharge it. I, I just always thought that was really, really crappy. Morally and legally. So. Anyway. That's my take on that. And I'll, I'll post about it. I, I've been so busy with this lock stuff that I really haven't been able to comment on this on the forum, but I will give an answer on the forum. And I'm, I'm glad the two of them chose my forum to have the discussion, because <laughs> it was interesting. And uh, so it's always uh, nice to have some known names in poker have these debates back and forth, because, uh, you know, it makes uh, poker fraud a little bit more, more relevant, and maybe bring some new blood out here. Looking at the chat room here, I see uh, Beebs92 is here. Uh... Roommate and I discussing brownies, referring to pot brownies. She wants me to try smoking regularly, though, first. I don't want to. Yeah, don't start smoking weed. And those those, those brownies are a killer. A lot of people think that, uh, you know, eating pot brownies is not as bad as smoking pot, that it's uh, less potent, it's the opposite. I've known people to eat pot brownies that just get, the, the, like... A horrible reaction, including Ken Scaler, who did it at the Coachella Festival last year. And he's not even someone who does drugs. He just, like, just did it. Uh, he's like, how how bad could it be? And boy, it was bad. It ruined his whole day. He he felt like he was going to die. So uh, that's real potent stuff. If you have any kind of uh, pot brownies, and you're not used to that. Boy, it can it can affect you badly. I'd stay away from it if I were you. Bad guy, hello. Can you hear me better now? Not really. So, oh, it has to be your phone, brother. The Can you hear me better for? Yeah, I'll, I think it is the phone here. Um, I told you I'm at a secret location. I think the internet. Here, I think the internet here is kind of one way. To where, when, when I speak to you, want to call me or the one if you call me back? Well, you know it's true. I did. I, I mean, I'm not talking about the brown. I have a good story. Like, I don't, but I did weed brown one time. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, bad guy. I had to hang up on you. I couldn't understand you. Uh, I, it probably is on this end. And the funny thing, I was able to call that girl in uh, Vancouver, who may or may not have been Jennifer Larson, and that was clear as a clear as a bell. But bad guy, it just sounds terrible. It sounds like a cell phone that's badly losing reception. Uh, so let me uh, let me look at the agenda here. Let's see what we got left. Covered the three main topics. What else we got? What else we got here? I want to talk a little bit about the World Series. Um, I was going to give tips about the World Series, but I'll do that next week or something. I just don't really have time tonight. The show's already been going for three hours. and Voice is hurting because I've been the only one talking. So uh, I will talk a little bit about the World Series, about my shares that I'm selling. I'm pleased, but not pleased, <laughs> to announce that uh, I'm not selling my shares anymore the World Series for the moment because uh, they got bought up. 
They're almost all completely sold out. In fact, some oversold. Some actually sold past what I wanted to sell. And that's because I uh, I promised some shares to people that I had forgotten I promised them. And then I ended up selling their parts. And then they said, hey, what about the shares you promised me? I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, I got to do that too. So uh, I've really sold a lot here. And I'm, I'm very happy... You guys have faith in me. I'm going to really, really try to get something going this year at the World Series. And, uh, of course, I need a little bit of luck to make that happen, but I'm going to really try to avoid any kind of mistakes or stupid plays and really try to think about every move here and try to come up with some good strategies for these events and improve upon my play as much as possible. And uh, listen to this. Event number six, the 1500 Millionaire Maker. I've sold 45% of myself already. That's it. I only wanted to sell 40. I accidentally sold 45. The 1,500 limit hold'em, I'm not selling. The uh, 5,000 limit hold'em, I sold 55% of myself. I really only meant to sell 50. So more than half of myself is sold on that one. So no matter what I win, I'll be giving more than half away to you guys. I hope I win, though. I hope I finish first. I really hope that I I really really do hope I I hit a big score for you guys. Like I won't be all disappointed like, "Oh man, why did I sell this away? I, I could have kept it for myself." Like that won't be my feeling. I'll be thinking, "Great. I I I did well for the community." And I want a bracelet. Event number 40, a 1500 no limit holdem. 38% sold. There's 2% available, but it's not really available. I'll explain that in a second. Anti only no limit holdem $1500 buy-in. 37% sold, 3% available. When I say what's available, I mean like, you know, in that case where I'm trying to sell 40%, I'm keeping 60% for myself. But here 37% has already been sold and only three shares are left. But uh, again, not really left over yet. And then uh, two sold out events, the uh, 2500 limit hold of six max, 53% of myself is sold on that one. And, uh, 1500 no limit hold'em event number 49 40% sold I'm not selling anymore so there, there as you hear there's a few small percentages left to sell but those checks are in the mail so to speak and they're not from lock poker so I believe they're going to arrive so if some people said hey can't send you PayPal I have some check coming to you so obviously I got to give it a few days so I just suspended all sales and said that's probably it we're probably done I'm considering adding one more event I haven't chosen the event yet, but if I do, I will give priority to those who have been shut out because I know there's others who still want to buy and they can get a chance to. So I may add a ninth event I'm going to be playing and I will sell at least 40% of myself of that. I will announce if I do that and which event that is shortly. Please stay tuned. Collie, we're on the air. Hey, can you hear me? Unfortunately, I can't. It must be on my end. I guess, okay. I guess the only successful call tonight is the call to the uh, weird Vancouver lady. Uh, it's probably because you dialed out me. Yeah, I don't know. It shouldn't be that way, but maybe I just got lucky. Uh, this secret location. Yes, yeah, you're in poker. I just wanted to, I, Joe, wanted to see if you could hear me a call. No, it's not very good. No, it's, 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 it must be on my end, and I, I really hope that uh, this is not... The way it is for whenever I'm in this location, because I'll, I'll be here again, uh, not next week, but uh, I'll be back here eventually. And 
hopefully this particular location won't have a problem, or otherwise it'll be me talking and not much else. <laughs> so thank you for All calling right, I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> Thanks for calling in to test it. Bye. Bye. So that was a little bit better than bad guy, but, yeah, I, I guess that uh, the calls don't work very well tonight. That's disappointing. But I, I guess the most important call we got through, that weird uh, Jennifer Larson call. So that's the story with the World Series. Uh, I'm going to be tweeting up a storm. In fact, if you follow me just because you like my typical tweets, you're going to hate me during the World Series because I'm going to be like tweeting about my chip stack and every event, every person at my table, what they're doing. Like, I, I really tweet very actively about what's going on at the table. So uh, if, if you want to feel like you're there with me or if you've owned a piece of me in this, then you're going to love it. If you are annoyed by people talking about every little hand that's going on, you're going to hate it. So you may want to unfollow me during that I'll just and refollow me at the end of the World Series if you don't like that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm doing it because uh, a lot of people do want that information, both the people who buy pieces of me and friends and family that uh, really like getting more of an update. They don't like hearing once every three hours what my chip stack is. Uh, you know, to them, it's exciting to hear that I got dealt ace king and went all in against jacks and, and hit an ace on the river and and, uh, and now moved up to double average stack. You know, like that, that's a big deal to them. So anyway, uh, last year was such a stressful World Series. I mean, my very first event last year, if you remember, I was down to the final 19 players in the 5,000 limit hold'em. They paid 18 spots, minimum eighteen, uh, minimum $11,000. I was short, but not super short stacked, and I lost four consecutive hands to bust on the bubble. I mean, and get paid zero, of course. I mean, that's just killer. I, I went from having hope I could win the bracelet there, or at least making the final table, to going out not even making a dime. They were losing four straight freaking hands to uh, the bust. And then I just had brutal moment after brutal moment. Only cashed one time. And then got off to a great start in the main event, only to uh, then struggle to get cards and then make a really stupid play to bust with aces at the very end. A play that has haunted me for a year. I've actually had dreams about the main event, like nightmares about it since that happened. It was very traumatizing. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating here. Like when I have just bad luck, it's not traumatizing. When I make a bad play, and I screw up, especially in the main event, I just uh, have a hard time getting over it. But it's a new year, and I'm going to shake off what happened last year and just try to put it out of my mind and forget about it. Play my game normally, and uh, and I hope I come up with something big. I've had two consecutive World Series that weren't very good. 2011-2012. 2010 was good. That was where I got 88th in the main event. 2008 was good. 2009 wasn't so good. 2007, mediocre. 2006 was good. And 2005 was great. That's my history. Still looking to repeat that bracelet I got in my second ever event played. It's been eight years. It's time to get another one. But only eight events I'm playing, so it's going to be a little bit tougher. But I made it in two events in 2005. So that's the World Series. It's coming up very soon. Just a few weeks from now. Let me uh, go to our next topic here. I think we're almost done. Yeah, the last thing, a quick thing I want to mention. Um, 
people find this site from all over the place, and a guy showed up, a European guy showed up, and uh, complained about a casino cheating him. And he, he then he sheepishly said, oh, crap, I didn't realize this is a poker fraud alert site. I thought this is just like a gambling fraud alert type site, so I'm sorry, I, di- I didn't mean to bring this here. I'm like, no, 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 no that's fine. Uh, this guy showed up on the Crown Europe online casino, which which to me sounds like, I, I don't know, for some reason Crown Europe sounds like uh, an official casino of some real casino over there. Like, you know, I, it sounds like a place you could trust. They picked a good name, Crown Europe. I'm sure that's intentional. But uh, you can't trust them, according to this guy, because uh, he got some, some kind of deposit bonus. And he got really lucky. This is not poker. He was playing online casino games and ran up his initial small deposit with the bonus to 70,000 euros, which is worth, uh, I don't know what the exchange rate, but uh, $90,000 or so. So he went to cash it out. He's like, oh, sweet. I really ran up this uh, small deposit huge. And they said, uh uh-uh, we're not paying you 70,000 euros. Nope. We are paying you 1,600 euros. <laughs> so, so how the hell did they have the nerve to tell him that? Now, here is their excuse, and this is unbelievable. And this is why you just never, never trust these online casinos. Because uh, if they're not rigging their games, which I, I bet a lot of them are, uh, they're finding ways to screw you with the payouts. Uh, th- this is what he wrote. Uh, they said that you could only withdraw whatever your deposit was times 20. So if you received any kind of bonus, uh, then you can only withdraw whatever your deposit was by times 20. So he got a whopping 24 euro bonus when he deposited his money. And for that reason, he could only get uh, 1,680 euros, and I guess uh, that means he deposited 81 euros initially. Or not 81, 84 euros. So he deposited 84 euros, got a 24 euro deposit bonus, ran it up to 71,900 euros, and all they would give him was 1,680 euros, (laughs) cheating him out of 70,000 euros claiming that the maximum you can win under any circumstances is 20 times your deposit if you got any kind of bonus. And of course, uh, now it was in the fine print there, but who's going to ever see that? Usually these things just like clobber you with just you know loads and loads of fine print in their terms of service, and then they sneak in something like that. Why, why should it ever be... Like I could see if they want to make him do a playthrough of some sort. Like not, nothing ridiculous, but you know, the, I see why if you deposit and then do one spin and and, and uh, you know win a lot of money and want to withdraw it that the, you have to at least play through whatever bonus they gave you but that should be it but they say if they give you any bonus even one euro then the most you could ever withdraw is 20 times whatever your initial deposit was doesn't matter how much you want that's a that's a big time scam there so that's the crown Europe casino and uh, I, I would advise not only staying away from them stay away from every single online casino. They're all shady. It may seem fun to play online blackjack or online video poker, especially if you don't have access to it in a place like Las Vegas, but don't. You're going to get cheated. You'll either get 
directly cheated like this, or or you'll get cheated in a way you can't tell if you had bad luck or if the game was just rigged against you. And there's been a lot of rigged casino games that have been uncovered over the years. Some have even been posted about on this site. Uh, I'm not going to post the phone number because I guess people can't call in right now. Uh, I'll, I'll take questions in the chat room, though, if anyone's got any final questions or, or comments you'd like me to read on the air. I, I'd like to thank everybody for sticking by me through the whole lock poker rant. I know it's a long thing. And also people who uh, people who tried to call in and couldn't and people who showed up even though this show started very late and is on a different night. I know it's uh, sometimes hard to adjust to that when you have other things going on. But uh, I always like the live audience. I like having our uh, archive audience, too. But uh, it's always nice having a live interaction. So take any comments or questions in the chat room. Let's see here. A lot of discussion of drinking right now in the chat room. Oh, this is from uh, Body Goalie. Any Guesses on when poker will be legal in the U.S. How do you feel about Ultimate Poker? Well, uh, I think it's going to be years until we have federally legalized online poker. I think it could be uh, this year or next year when we have some interstate cooperation, such as like Nevada and New Jersey, where they can play each other, where states opt in. I think that'll kind of be the way it happens. How do I feel about Ultimate Poker? Well, I have mixed feelings about them. I, I think that their traffic so far is disappointing. But uh, they're not a ghost town, but I was hoping they'd be more active by now. And I'm really pissed at them about the Iovation thing and that they're not making any attempt to uh, get Iovation out of there now that it's come out. That's my feeling. Uh Caller, you're on the air. Is this beer and poker again? This is Dirty uh, Ernie. Oh, Dirty Ernie of the same area code as beer and poker. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the connection's not very good for you either. Oh, shucks. But go ahead. I, I can hear you a little bit. Go, uh, he hung, uh, either hung up or he got disconnected. <laughs> ah, shucks. Man! Um, here's a comment from Bad Guy in the chat. He's always got to rile things up even when he's not on the phone. He's giving odds, and, and you know, sports betting-style odds, on when I meet Biebs92, but she is coming to Vegas in July, and I, I probably will be meeting her. So he puts Druff fucks Biebs minus 170, which means it's much better than even chance in his opinion. Druff leaves his girlfriend for Biebs minus 220. Uh, Druff fucks Biebs... She gets drunk on whiskey and leaves Druff after one night, minus 370. So those are, uh, those are bad guy's odds. And then Beebs says, bad guy, that's Grody. Now, I don't know what the Grody part is. I don't know if it's uh, the thought of me having sex with her or if it's just uh, her getting drunk on whiskey and leaving after one night of sex. I, I don't know what part is Grody there. I'm not going to leave my girlfriend for her. That's not going to happen. And uh, the sex part's not going to happen either. But 
I still don't like being called Grody, even if I am like 21 years older than her. Someone's asking, can I give a recap of the Jennifer Larson phone call from earlier? Well, I called a phone number in uh, that was listed for the LockPoker.net Who Is Registry called the 604 Vancouver number, and she, she was from Vancouver and I might still live there. A woman answered, sounded around Jennifer's age, but immediately denied she was Jennifer, said she doesn't know who Jennifer is, that she's never gotten any phone calls for Jennifer, uh, surprisingly stayed on the phone for a number of my questions, and it didn't hang up on me until I got more ridiculous with the call and started asking if she's ever done archery in a moat or uh, been in a castle in Portugal. But uh, you know, she did stay on the phone for a wrong number at 10.30 at night. And some people in the chat room think it's Jennifer, and some think it was not. My gut feeling is it was not Jennifer. Whoever it was sounded like a bitch, though. New Father keeps posting the number in the chat room. That's not even the number I called. That 605 number is definitely not hers. That's, uh, that's in uh, South Dakota. So... Let's see. Reading the chat room here. I'm not going to call a 605 number. It's going to wake someone up in South Dakota at like 2 in the morning. And it's definitely... I mean, she's not in South Dakota, let's be honest here. She's not in South Dakota. She never got a South Dakota cell phone. It's just... It's just 604, 605 are so close, there must have been a misprint on one of the Who Is registries. But the 604 area code, I believe, because she does have association with Vancouver, and that is Vancouver. But... I don't think we got the right person. Can't be sure, but I don't think we got the right person. Uh, and I know I can do the who is, but the who is can be wrong. I've seen the who is be wrong many times, especially with like one number being off. The who is is not the uh, end-all, be-all of information. It's uh, it's as good as what the user provides. They don't even verify it. That's the truth. You can just you can go register a website. Uh, to Barack Obama if you wanted to and you'd be in control of it and provided Barack doesn't find out about it and take it back for himself you, the website would be registered to him you wouldn't have legal ownership of it but you could have control of it provided you know Barack himself doesn't challenge it so you can, you can put whatever you want on the Whois registry it's been that way for years bad guy 23 wants to call in and gurgle because that's the way he sounds right now. Like he's gurgling because of the uh, bad cell phone connection, or no, bad connection, I should say, to the show. It's not even his fault. That disappoints me because I, I will be in the secret location again and be doing other radio broadcasts from here. And if the internet sucks, that is a problem. Okay, let's hear the gurgling. Go ahead and gurgle, bad guy. No, it's really not gurgle. Well, I sound the phone mix. No, it still sucks. Uh, radio on. That's even worse. Uh, what's going on with the phone tonight? I have a lot to say. Your boy's seriously serious. needs to be dealt with. Talk about this next week, okay? Wait, seriously serious has to be dealt with? Listen, listen. You can make fun of a girl that died. Lou Fox can make fun of a girl that died. Anybody with an AWP can make fun of the guy. This guy came out of nowhere, came down on Dog Down, then showed on Dog Down. He went to the fucking fag site when you guys were competing with him. Then he jumped back at Dog Down, and he came here, but 
behind the scenes, he said something about my girlfriend, and he said something about me that he's not going to get away with. I'm kind of Vegas. That was back later, right on the money it would be. I guarantee that's going to happen. I'm going to about I'm going to meet you for the first time this year. I'm telling you. And if I see him I'm breaking his fucking leg, dude. He is not allowed to make fun of her. All right. I, something about seriously serious pissing him off and making fun of his girlfriend or something. And uh, come on, bad guy. You're not you're not going to punch seriously serious. Uh, seriously serious is a harmless guy. Uh, he doesn't deserve that. And uh, I would like to meet you though, bad guy. If you do really come to Vegas this week, uh, this this year, please let me know, and and we can meet. But uh, not to punch seriously serious. Let's uh, you know he already got that threat from Zach, formerly of Quad Jacks, indirectly. He, uh, he got uh, reliable information that Zach is going to punch him at the World Series. And the in fact he was given a recording of Zach saying that this is uh, what he, seriously serious was given of Zach saying that he's going to hit him at the World Series. So there you have it. So he's got enough problems with Zach. Don't don't you compound it. So uh, that's it. I, I can't stand these uh, gurgly phone calls. And I also can't stand the fact that my voice hurts. Oh boy, it hurts to do these broadcasts. It really does when I don't when I have a partner and I can. You know, let them talk for a little bit. Even if I do most of the talking, my voice is okay. I can go five hours or something. But here we're, we're three and a half hours in, and my voice is like, ugh. And I, and I barely talked today. I, I was uh, I was pretty quiet today. Kind of spent the day by myself. Oh boy. So anyway, I, I got to end this here. I'm gonna end up with a bad sore throat. Thank you guys for listening. We have a uh, special day next week as well. It will not be on Tuesday. It will be on. Wednesday. So six days from now, Wednesday. Uh oh. Uh oh. Who stopped the music? Who stopped the music? I, I can't end this show without uh, the end song of All in the Family playing. What is this about here? I mean, really. Let's try this again. I swear if it stops this time, I'm going to kill someone. So it's Wednesday, May 15th. This time it will be at 7 p.m. or very close to it. It's not going to be at 8.30. But it will be on Wednesday, so mark your calendars. Don't be listening on Tuesday or Thursday. And then after that, for the most part, we'll be back on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. There are some exceptions. I will uh, read them right now as we're closing the show. These are the changes for May, June, and July. Be interesting to see what happens with Lock Poker. Will we have more phantom customer support representatives from Germany speaking with Shane's trademark phrases? Will we have a few cash outs as proof of solvency? Will we have pros repeating the cult like company line so they can hopefully get paid one day and keep themselves in action while denying to themselves that they are leading people into getting cheated? And, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine. Maybe this is going to drag forever with Lock Poker. I hope it ends soon, one way or the other. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Sorry for the telephone problems tonight. It's always something on this show. Hopefully I'll have a partner next week. It's kind of tough being by yourself. I felt lonely, and my voice hurts. But with the listeners, I'm never lonely. 
Shalom.